And we're back. I'm James. This is the Grizz Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. And I can't think of a thing to say, so I'm James. <laughs> <laughs> James, right. how you been, bud? Good. Oh, my God. That's all? We haven't that's been it? on for a month and a half, and that's it? We haven't yeah. seen you since Thanksgiving? <laughs> What's new, man? Who do you got in the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. Who's your winner? Rams. Ugh. Really? Cheering for the Rams. When I like Cooper Cup. Yeah, that's fair. He's hard not to like. Did you guys see Sean Rainey's um, segment where he interviewed a few former Grizz DBs on what it, what it was like to talk trash to Cooper Cup? Basically, <laughs> it was like Nate Harris and Jared Nelson or something. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it was basically like he was so nice that it wasn't like you couldn't do it. They tried all different yeah. strategies to rattle him, and he was just always like, good play. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd hit me harder. Good tackle. Good tackle. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> James, what have you been up to? Basketball. Yeah? How's that going? Good. <laughs> Sweet. We're, we're not having real in-depth conversations. So that's it for the Grizz Fan Pod, everybody. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah. Update from James. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, James, are you mostly are you playing like guard or are you in the post or what where are you playing? Mm. All over? You're the swing man? Wing and screener. Okay. Who's uh, He who's, sets a wicked screen. Do you, oh, that's important. Do you ever like set a screen where you like just put a kid on the ground? No, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Whose game does yours most resemble? Don't say what Russ Westbrook. Oh no, definitely not. Anymore. Okay. That's good. Like, KD, what's the NBA comparable player for your type of game? Hmm. Man, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. What about Grizz player? Mac. You you, you yeah. like Mac? Well, kind only the screener and not getting a lot of points part. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. No, that's fair. That's a fair but heart and soul. But oh heart God. and soul. He's the pride of Montana. He's he's got a little bit a little bit of height on you though. Yeah. Like maybe an inch or two. Do you think that you could watch Mac Anderson uh, set a screen and learn something? Probably. It's true. If he screened you, you could like run right under his legs though, right? Yeah. Yeah, see. How many games has Mac Anderson fouled out of this year, do you think? <laughs> Three. How many games have you fouled out of this year? Zero. How many fouls have you had called against you this year? Two. I was going to say one. So no. Two. One in just our regular three-game schedule and one in that dumb Bozeman tournament where the refs were poo-poo. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You're going to get fined for saying that <laughs> yeah. on the first round pod. It's true. <laughs> we don't – we want to have fault. a better attitude about the refs um, from from the – from the dad straight on through to the players. At least I'm not 11 from quarter lane. <laughs> Let's not call anybody out. Was uh, one of your refs uh, a, a bobcat player? Yeah. Do I, did I understand that correctly? Actually, the, the first two refs, one of them was that Callahan O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were good. The refs, the Only rest ones. of the, the weekend in Bozeman a couple weeks ago were... Something other than the good. G. <clears throat> so, uh, foul leaders for the Grizzly basketball team Mac, Mac Anderson, Anderson, 71. What the? Derek Carter Hollinger, 
70. Wow, it's a race. That's a quiet uh, second place there. I didn't realize Derek Collard or Hollinger was quite as... Uh... But here's the thing. There's a fine line between you know being aggressive and overly aggressive. If you only have two fouls all year, that's not enough. You've got to get in their biscuits, you know what I mean? <laughs> James, what's like a good foul in a game? The one the ref doesn't see. <laughs> oh, Lord. This is bad news. <laughs> Next game, he's going to be like, foul of all these kids. I didn't see it. What's your favorite play? Don't know. That's a tough question. You don't like the stack for James? Well, it hardly ever happens. If it does, I'm usually the screener. All right. Hey, it's a team game, man. It's a team game. Mm-hmm. You always seem like you're having fun, right? Your guy doesn't score if you don't set the screen, right? Yeah. No complaints, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot of fun. It's I've it's actually been a lot of fun following him. Basketball is like of the sports James plays, it's the one I uh, know the least about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because I can, you know, I joke about fifth string coaching and the other sports I can fifth string coach. This mm-hmm. sport I go to practices and I listen to the coach and every once in a while I pick something up and then I will just repeat that. <laughs> Do you, yeah, do you, do you have a do you have a saying, Mike, that you always yell like, like yeah. wash the hands, or do you like yell something repeatedly? He yells something at me. Oh, what do I yell at you? A lot of stuff. <laughs> no, yeah, let's find your man. Find your man. What else? A lot of stuff, and then you shrug, and make me look, <laughs> make me look bad for the Grizz fan pod. I My dad yells there. at me all the time. <laughs> When I was a middle school player, one of my teammates' dads, uh, his name is Clark, it, he didn't under, he didn't understand the um, the three second rule. Oh. <laughs> he thought it was like any time someone was standing still inside the three point line, oh. and so for like oh. <laughs> for like years he would just yell three seconds. And, like, no one would really understand what Clark was yelling about. Oh, my God. And then, like, after a number, like, you know, probably three dozen games or something, someone's like, Clark, man, no one was even on that side of the court except that kid. (laughs) (laughs) Tying his shoe and yield three seconds. It's "It's the three-point line. (laughs) It's a great memory. It's all those old films. Just Clark yelling, three seconds. James, do you have a shot clock in yours? No. They just brought it into high school like this year, right? Next year. They just voted. Oh, not even this year. Next year. So they voted to add baseball as a high school sport as well, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That's going to be like logistically interesting because it's so damn cold for so long, typically. Maybe global warming is going to change this. <laughs> but I mean, they figure out softball. Yeah. 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 Split it up. Yep. Who knows? Uh, James, anything else you want to you wanna tell us about? What? I yeah yeah yeah. Whose kid are you? Did, uh, I heard there was Yours? like some Tecmo Bowl. Oh right, right. Remember when you were uh, upset we hadn't scheduled a pod in a while because you got you had some uh, Tecmo Bowl or whatever stuff to talk. Retro, retro bowl stuff. Retro to talk bowl. To oh the, the the little game on. Oh yeah, I deleted that. I got so mad at it. Did. <laughs> yeah. What did you do? Losing the championship? No, I like won a few, but then I couldn't get back. And then like the game kept like you couldn't do good unless you like you know bought stuff in it. 
So frustrated me. And I'm a seven and O team. Yeah. So you had wins. Um, James uh, Everett Grizz wants to know what is your basketball nickname. Uh, the one you can say on the pod. <laughs> I don't know that you have necessarily a basketball nickname. People just call you Rico. Yeah, I don't even remember why. Is that like from Re- the Penguins of Madagascar? Rico stretches across a few of the sports. Why do you think James's nickname is Rico? <laughs> do you th- are you always talking to the your teammates' sis- sisters and stuff? <laughs> You like Rico Suave? No, What's going on here? No. <laughs> good, good reference. No, not right. He got it in football, not this fall, but the year before. The annexation of Puerto Rico. Oh right? yeah, the kids got glasses. James got glasses. Oh, they wa- they've seen that movie. They've seen well, Little Giants. You know who gave him the nickname? It was Coach Colt. Okay. No, it was John. Or Coach John. Anyway, it was a dad who had seen the movie. I think the movie predates all of our kids. Yeah, definitely. That's a, they should bring that one back. Good stuff. <laughs> I do not know anything you guys are talking about. We know. We've noticed. You've been a really great contributor tonight. James, what's your score for the Super Bowl? We know you're cheering for the Rams, that you're a big Rams fan now. But you know what? I'm not. <laughs> Usually, if it's anything else, Rams are my mortal enemy. You're Rams, cheer- you you are cheering for a conference rival. Rams, you suck. But go Bengals. I changed my mind. All right. <laughs> um, who were you rooting for in the FCS National Championship game? FC? FCS, the Grizz level. But that already happened. Who were, who, who were you rooting for? Of course, NDSU. Okay. What do you... Uh, the Grizz football team and the Bobcat football team have in common? They're both Montanans? Uh, no, neither team showed up for the national championship game. <laughs> well, MSU sucks. Oh, 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 no. See, now we're going to get all kinds of trouble from people. <laughs> Luke's not even laughing. Got some laughs from um, Brent. Yeah, that's a good joke, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Anything else, bud? Dropping some quarters on the floor. Dropping money all around here. Looking sheepish. All right. Mm -hmm. Love you, bud. Good Good seeing you, James. (laughs) Uh, Well, speaking of the Super Bowl, Colt Anderson. Yeah. Coaching. Coach Colt. Can I be honest? Before the playoffs, I didn't even know that Colt (laughs) Anderson was coaching on the Bengals. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know either. <laughs> I thought he was busy with like other ventures, you know, that he's into. But yep, like up top. Gosh, I love it. Yeah, super cool. Assistant special teams coach, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, assistant special teams coach. It's. I mean, it's that. That's kind of the cool thing with the Super Bowl, like we talked about before. Like you kind of have yeah, big sky ties, clear big sky connections on both sides of the ball. Which I I think there's probably quite a few Super Bowls that have had that, but just like so apparent and. Fairly recent, recognizable names with Cooper Cup for the Rams, Colt Anderson coaching for the Bengals. The um, catch that that Cup had in the playoff game, oh god, against the box. Okay, right overtime. Yeah. Um, no, it wasn't overtime. Was it to get him a position to get into overtime or win it? Yes. 
Yeah. Anyway, James is in the background. James me. got it. Yeah. Anyway, I was thinking about that. And I'm not a historian, so I have no way of knowing this, but that's got to be one of the most impactful plays a Big Sky Conference alum has ever had in the NFL, right? Unless if, like, what, Jan Stensrud, like, kicked some game-winning, game-winning playoff yeah. I mean, field goal or something, that, right? That was the – I mean, Stafford puts it up there and Cup catches it. I was surprised he didn't score. Yeah. But, uh, you know, to knock off the – Defending national or the defending Super Bowl champs, Tom Brady sent Tom retires. Brady to retirement. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I'm not a historian, but I would be shocked if there's a more impactful play from a Big Sky Conference player. Yeah, I can't yeah. think of one. No. I can't think of one. No. Yeah. Then he went and had touchdowns against the Niners, but you know, forget that. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> that was painful. That was painful. It's fine. Don't look at me. <laughs> Both <laughs> you Niners fans turn like, and look at me. I'm like, you I guys were terrible to me when the Packers <laughs> lost. Actually, you guys were fine. <laughs> it was all the 49er fans in Disneyland who were not very nice. Oh, that's right, because you were uh, in, in the, Disneyland. In the goddamn park, yes. So, yeah. And then you got COVID. No, you no. didn't. No. <laughs> no, I did not. Did not get COVID. My daughter got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and we drove home. It was amazing. <laughs> but... <laughs> So anyway, it's good to be back. Sorry, uh, yeah. sorry, we haven't done a show as quickly as we thought we would. You yeah. know, that's usually the usually the way it goes with us in the off season. Um, but you know, a couple of things popped up. Obviously, Brent was on vacation. Um, I had some stuff, and then the weeks are just flying some by. Stuff. Um, <laughs> Riley was going to come elected on to office. Just some know, stuff. Started that job. <laughs> Riley was going to come on. Still is, but then the Grizz schedule got all screwed up, yep. and so that's been yep. trouble. So we'll get him on some point. Um, but yeah. Speaking of your stuff, <clears throat> Mike, it's no secret that you were elected to serve as a city councilman mm-hmm. for the city of Missoula. Now you have had long understood like how, you know, city government works. Like you, this isn't like an, you wouldn't come in, you weren't, you aren't coming into this as unprepared as I would have been. <laughs> <laughs> that said, like, has there, have there been something or some things that have surprised you about being a city councilman that you didn't anticipate before you entered office? Um, well, the public comment section is kind of like our listener comment section, except nobody <laughs> moderates it. So okay, that's been interesting. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, in seriousness, it, it's been a learning curve because I think that the intricacies of government, is they're a lot more complicated than we realize. And, you know, there's there's no, or at least there hasn't been yet any, like, yes or no vote that's just a simple, like, oh, this is how I feel about this. You know, it's like they're all tied to previous policies and, and you know, money that's already been budgeted. And, da, 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 da. and it's just, it's interesting to kind of learn how it all works and figure out how you can kind of put your finger in and try and make some change. And, you know, it's been fun so far. How's that for an answer? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for serving, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, so far, no luck on getting them to move the meetings for Monday nights. So. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you got about five and a half months to figure it out, okay? <laughs> you take excused absences like September, October, November, right? Um, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> we'll figure it out Sunday night or Tuesday night or something. Yeah, that'll be right? fine. Yeah, we'll be good. We'll be yeah. good. 
So a couple things have happened. So we're going to touch on them all. Um, there's a bubble in our future, so we'll talk about that in a few minutes. <laughs> um, the Grizz and the Lady Grizz are both having, I would say, good years. Um, yeah. You know, both. I, I mean, the Lady Grizz, I think, are have given us plenty of reasons to think that they hired the right coach to, to take the next step. And it's kind of been fun to watch them. They've had their bumps, but it's been fun to watch. Um, the men have kind of rebounded back to what they've been throughout Travis's career, which has been competitive in the big sky. They're not the dominant team they were earlier, but they're nine and four. Um, you got a big win last night against Southern Utah at home, which I had to miss, miss for city council. You know, we all make decisions. <laughs> um, so I think that that's um, something we could touch on a little bit. Yeah. But before we do any of that, you know, we talk a lot about the university because we we love it and we want it to be better and stuff like that. And something really big happened on Monday that we need Luke to explain to us because of the three of us, he's probably the most qualified to explain it. Don't know what that means. But the University right. of Montana was uh, earned the designation, I guess, of an R1 research institution. Mm-hmm. So what the hell does that yeah, mean? What is it? There's this independent agency out there, like the Carnegie Research Center their association or something that stratifies universities by their sort of research uh, ability uh, and performance. So schools and very few schools, like uh, there's like roughly 140 some 43 schools, I think is what the current number is that qualify that meet the criterion for this high level research. So before we were in R2, but our research metrics have catapulted us into the R1 range. <clears throat> and so why that's really uh, awesome is like we're a, well, when we're a flagship big league university. Um, if you do a survey of the thousands of universities out there, you're going to get a long list of thousands of schools like no one's ever heard of. Like crazy directional almost like pseudo-accredited universities. They look sketchy as hell. So Eastern Washington. Yeah, basically okay. Eastern Washington, <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, you know, like when on the continuum of universities, the University of Montana is a big league university, and to get the R1 designation gives us a lot of momentum for future funding because oh. federal oh. agencies oh. like the, the National Institutes of Health, the NIH, right, um, the, Nat- the National Science Foundation, they are more likely to be deferential in, in deploying their funding to schools that have proven that they're going to like do something impactful with the with the funding. So positive momentum for future funding. Um, other professors that have like impactful research agendas are mm-hmm. more likely to take jobs at those universities because they know the agencies will be deferential with their funding. Hmm. Wow. And so it's like, oh, yeah, it would be really nice if we had like 50 more professors that just made it rain with research money. Wow. Um, part of that is like that that research money. <laughs> ah. Selfie. Uh, that research money, you know, usually the, the monies that come into the university are state funds, right, tuition. Mm-hmm. And so if you can amplify how much of this extramural funding comes into the university, you can do uh, more things with that money. Like, you know, it, nice. it goes to support future research funding. I want to put 
uh, an aside in here that's super important. This this doesn't even capture all of the creative scholarship that happens in like the arts, like all of the plays, right? Like the performances, the music, mm-hmm. the the books and writing that a lot of professors do. This is typically just like the funded research projects, okay. right? So it doesn't even capture the whole scope of the amazing things the professors are doing on our campus. Um, but back to that money. That money also translates into really cool uh, experiences for students because they get to work on like hands-on research projects that will like be the cutting edge of future science and you know the best types of education are applied uh, so more opportunities for students more money for the university more prestige for the university it's a good momentum swinger I would think so. I mean, it's awesome. So how long does that recognition or that designation last? I mean, I assume you have to meet criteria to maintain. Yeah, I think it's a two-year period. Uh, But again, like, you know, it it is possible to slip down uh, below the threshold again. But it's kind of one of those things where once you're there, it's easier to maintain because you've got more opportunities to... Yep. And if you wanted to, like, say, well, what are the probabilities? Like, if you could assign some sort of metric to to the university staying R1, if you look at the growth of the research um, agenda of of the University of Montana over the last 10 years, it's been almost parabolic. Um, Hmm. The vice president of research, Scott Wittenberg, has, I think, doubled the research expenditures, like the the money coming in to the university in his tenure. we were like the sixth fastest growing research university in the country last year. So like there's a, there has been like a, like a propulsion mechanism on our butts for a while and it finally got us over and there's no reason to think it turns around uh, necessarily. So. Hmm. Wow. You know, I, I really think that it, uh, the, that's cool. The institution took a turn when my brother-in-law started working. There. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, cause he's a, he does a lot of research too, right? Yeah. He's a yeah. research. Um, yeah. So you're telling me this guy, Frank, who comments on the posts on Facebook that says the University of Montana's in the shitter is wrong. Uh, <laughs> you know. Wait, does he follow us? <laughs> Probably not. No. no there are, I'm just kidding. There I'm are just, just, so many good things um, that it sometimes baffles me how, like, it's, you know, seemingly only only the pitfalls ever get written about but there are so many good things happening at the university i love it um yeah i don't know it's it's a it's an awesome place to work i'll tell you that much that's Um, exciting i mean like the university is like kind of the heart and soul of this town right and so just to see more growth and more recovery and just more excitement on campus and all of it's awesome you know what was kind of quietly inserted into an article i read about this was that the University of Montana is in the top 10 for um, research related to COVID, um, mm. not cures, but treatments in the country, mm-hmm. which I just don't think that people would realize. I mean, we have like a whole biomedical sciences, you know, wing of this university. Like we do health and medicine better than anyone in a long ways, right? Like, you know, there's some good research in Spokane, but then you got to kind of have to get out to like Seattle, right? Then you go south of here or something, right? Or maybe southwest a little bit. Boise's got some good stuff going on, but then you go east and there's nothing in the biomedical field until like Minneapolis. 
go down to Fort Collins, maybe. So, like, in this, there, we have this huge Bermuda Triangle of health and biomedical sciences um, that the university owns. And I don't think a lot of people know about it, but <laughs> we have some really, really smart professors. Like, it sounds like we need um, <clears throat> a, a angel donor benefactor to, you know, drop us about $500 billion for med school to pair with that, and then we will take <sighs> off. Right? We got those two private med schools being yeah. funded. Whatever. Yeah. We need a... There, there's talks about an occupational therapy school coming to oh, the cool. university. Uh, they've been in the ideation phase for a while, but that's something the state needs for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that the university's positioned to meet. I mean, yeah. Like that would fit right in with some of the other stuff they do. So Awesome. Well, we don't, we don't ju- dive into, you know, that... that kind of academic side of the institution, but it is, you know, a, uh, you know, an institution of higher learning <laughs> that happens <laughs> to have a football team. There's also that. Yeah. And uh, academic deep dive. You know, it's a big deal. That. And for, you know, all those, all those people that <clears throat> we're not going to name names who would like to, you know, imply that the only thing any of us do with our degrees is serve fast food. Um, you know, there's good stuff happening here. So yeah, yeah we have podcasts too. And also, <laughs> This country needs service workers, so why people use that as an insult? Is yeah, beyond. now. Yeah. But, you know. Are you insulting taxpayers? I guess so. <laughs> Something like that. <clears throat> so interesting. Hey, thanks, Luke. Yeah. Um, let's talk about signing day a little bit. Let's do it. You, uh, you got the class pulled up? I do. I did. <clears throat> I clicked a couple buttons. There we go. Got her. Yeah, interesting class. Uh, you know, like so, I think before we had uh, right, kind of right before we did our last GFP, they had the early signing day, mm-hmm. which of course um, they had announced. I think practically every kid from Montana. I think the we only, maybe added in one more kid. The only person the that got hell? added was that that clump or clump Drew from Clump Drew Clump from, from Sentinel. Sentinel. Yeah, I think you're right. Who's I think got a twin who runs cross country oh. and is going to like Minnesota or something. Oh, like interesting. That. Interesting. Could be making that up. Yeah, uh, I think we had Sam Alford was also announced in the early signing. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so 17 kids. Luke's cousin Sam. Yeah, Luke's cousin Sam. Fill, filling up with the fam. <laughs> uh, 11 from Montana, three California, two from Colorado, Nebraska, two from Washington, one from Arizona, one from Utah. I think. I don't know. It, it's it's tough because what's kind of funny is uh, you go back and you look at comments and, and takes and thoughts on signing day classes and you get real excited about a highlight reel and sometimes it works out. Sometimes the kid never really sees the light of day. But I, I'm I'm pretty encouraged by a lot of this class. I think kind of like what we've heard a bunch. I don't I don't expect some of the many of these freshmen or guys we're going to be become familiar with in a couple years time. Uh, you know, uh, who's the, the kid, uh, Gilman, right? Eli Gilman, the mm-hmm. running back out of Minnesota. I think he's going to be, he's kind of the real fascinating one to me where he was a highly touted recruit and who he committed early, signed early. Right. Mm-hmm. And like completely shut down recruiting. Like he deleted social media. Yeah. He, he said, even, I'm going to UM and then he basically he didn't stopped even, taking calls. He didn't even year. do like a senior highlight reel. <laughs> He did nothing <laughs> to like to garner more interest. So like, even if like university, like Minnesota was like, Hey, we want you. So, um, his highlight reel was impressive, but 
highlight reels are supposed to be, right? So it's going to be fascinating to see where, like, some of these kids land and, and what we get. And then, you know, obviously, as we kind of started to expect with the later signing class, more transfers. And it definitely seems like to me with 17 kids um, and with the graduation we had and then the couple announced departures, it kind of feels like the Grace probably have – somewhere between seven to 10 scholarships still to award. And I got a feeling we're going to learn a lot of new names mid May to early June. Yep. So, yeah. Cause you look at this and there are, um, six transfers. Yeah. That they announced with this class. And I think you're right. Like, I think that could be half of them. Yeah. Maybe we're wrong, but I think they need two more alignment. Or four more. I mean, <laughs> they need a lot. Yeah. It's tough to say. Um, yeah, and that was, I mean, I, I texted Mike on signing day about this, but, you know, no O-linemen, no freshman, incoming O-linemen. Um, <clears throat> and then one transfer, uh, McGinnis's brother. Uh, what's his first name? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? I had it. Dylan. Dylan McGinnis coming yep. in. And 6'5", 298 where he was playing before Washington State, I think he came in with the expectation to play tackle. So I'm going to guess probably a tackle for us, considering it's one of the spots where we graduated both tackles. It'll be interesting because he's a freshman. Yep. Now, is he a second-year freshman, like COVID freshman, or was he a freshman freshman last so year? His first season was 2021, so not a COVID freshman. So, yeah, at least the way I read this, right? Yep. So, yeah. Um, they talked a little bit at the signing day QB club thing that, you know, they tried to recruit him right out of high school, but, yep. you know, he had an opportunity to go to WSU and he took it, but kind of a lesson in why they recruit some of the people they did, they do and why you maybe take flyers on kids. So if, you know, you don't, you might not end up with them right now, but especially in this world, like how's it going to work out? Um, so he's the transfer that I'm kind of most intrigued about on the line. Yeah. Boy, we need more linemen, and we can talk about that in a few minutes. But um, let's kind of let's kind of talk about the rest of transfers. So we have this Jaden Dawson, who um, came Idaho, from Idaho, Idaho State. State kid. Yep, yep. It's kind of cool. Like who's like a very good player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were reminded of the uh, quarterback club signing day event. Um, only one other player last year had more passes defended than him in the season, and it was Justin Ford. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. So we have the top two pass defenders returning. Like he's their he was their best cornerback. Yeah, he was all conference in the fall season. Second team? Yeah, first team in the spring. And first team in the spring season. Just imagine if we lost our best position player to another big sky conference team. Goodness. We would be apoplectic. <laughs> we would so this is something that actually like I'm surprised it hasn't started to happen a little bit more. Um but it's like I think that you don't want to develop that reputation in the league of like poaching players from other teams. But I feel like if we if we wanted to, we could go out and fish linemen from other I mean there there are a lot of bad teams in the big sky that have a good lineman. And you just kinda of wanna be like, Hey, one time transfer rule. <laughs> like come over. Come on. Is Did Greeley you, really that great? Yeah. Come Did on. you guys see that picture? It's like Southern Utah's going to the whack. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Was it was it today that was like all the coaches 
were in a room with the commissioner at like the coaches meeting or whatever. <laughs> God, I wonder how uncomfortable that meeting would be. <laughs> like if you were, <laughs> if you had the reputation of stealing someone's girl, you oh. know. Like, yeah. <laughs> say, well, it's probably oh, the it's sort Bobby of sitting next to fantasy. I was gonna say, well, fantasy's gone. Remember, he got fired. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Who's our new coach? They hired that that special teams coordinator from Cal. I thought it was actually oh, an impressive right. yeah. hire yeah. for them. Yeah, that's right. Um, but you know they would only do it to teams they didn't like because, like, Bobby clearly has guys he likes in the conference and guys he doesn't. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems oh, yeah. kind of obvious. Um, so anyway, that's Jaden Dawson. It's got one year to play. One fills a need there, gives us depth. We also signed a um, uh, junior college cornerback Robert Whitehead Jr. or Robert Whitehead excuse me who's got two three years to play two if I remember right um he looked to my completely uneducated eye to be a little bit more of a nickelback yeah yeah um which kind of led a little bit of conversation to are they going to do a little bit more bring in a third DB in some situations because we did in the playoffs we got burned a little bit with our in the slot in the slot yeah we did so Because that's interesting. Because that's you know, and they still have a few younger guys that they're they're high on. Right. Um, Macho So Walker. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, Garrett Husted, who is from Omaha, Nebraska. He's here. He's on campus. D end. Did he play linebacker? But they're slotting him at D end. Am I what outside? Right out, oh no, yeah, he's inside linebacker for Nebraska, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, didn't didn't play much there, but yeah. Um, then uh, the receiver from UW, uh, Sawyer Rossinelli. That's awesome. Who the Grizz offered, like, because he, he went to school with the tight end. Um, it'll come to me <laughs> as soon as Grizz pulls up. Is it like Elwell or the roster? Nope, wasn't Elwell. Um, he went to Brush Prairie, Washington. Peyton. I'll find it. All right. Keep talking. <clears throat> anyway, um, so he only really has – his only real playing time seem to be special teams for UW. Right. So we'll see. But he looks like a good addition to the uh, wide receiver room. You know, we'll take that. The one I'm the most excited about, and I know we it, – <laughs> it's dangerous to get excited about transfers because just because they're coming from a higher level doesn't mean – that they're going to be good here. We've seen that time and time again. That being said, Lucas Johnson, grad transfer QB, San Diego State, he played in their Frisco Bowl. He was the starter for most of the year at San Diego State. It's just the coaches had the younger guy they were going to commit to, so he said, I want to go play. He looks to me to be legit. He looks better than anybody we had lining up under center last year. Um, you know, a room, a QB room with him, Brit behind him, the Hoyt kid or whatever from Helena. Yep. Um, Patterson. You know, Patterson's in there. Brown's still around. Brown's still there. Um, he, to me, looks like somebody that can make the offense go. Did you guys watch this film at all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, he's also a rapper. Yes. Is he you really? can find him on Spotify. <laughs> Is really? he really? Uh-huh. <laughs> I did not know this. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to try to... Boy, there's some name image likeness opportunities. <laughs> I'm going to try to pull them up. If there. this was an entity that had any money. <laughs> I follow him, but it's like... It's like... Oh, it's, some, it's not Lucas. 
Johnson. It's something else. <laughs> but, I I followed him the second I found out. So his path is that Hauk tried to get him at San Diego State when he was there. Yeah. But he had the opportunity to go to Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech told him they were going to throw the ball. Went to Georgia Tech. They, they didn't. Um, so he came back eventually to San Diego State. While he was at Georgia Tech, he met his now wife. Wife, yeah. So he moved to, to Missoula with his wife, um, who's working remotely, which is just so funny that it's like the COVID year. This is his sixth year of college, I believe. Yeah. Um, so it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like he's closer to our age than he is to the freshman. Sure is. <laughs> you know, awesome. Um, I hope that they're going to enjoy their year and a half here. And uh, yeah, so he graduated high school in 2015. Yeah, 2015. <laughs> I mean, I think Joe Burrow also graduated high school in 2015, and he's on his second year in the NFL. Oh my goodness! I'm so excited about Lucas Johnson, though. I mean, I think right, we've got him for a year. Yep. I think yep. um, he's a senior. <clears throat> yeah, uh, he didn't ask for two years. Should have, but I'm I'm super excited for him. Go ahead, play it. Uh, you found it. It's it's Luke J, but it's L U C, and then there's a space, and then it's a J period. All right, Luke J, and I don't know if we can play. Can we play? As, I have no idea. We're not making money on this thing, right? Don't get us. Don't get us DMCA. We just, should just, just go. We find should it. just DM him. Yeah. and then like say, hey, can we? Can, <laughs> can we use copyright or can we share it? Uh, he's yeah. He's got a, like a let's see. I really like No Hook, his song. I thought it was a really good song. So, Man, anyway, you, you Luke guys, J. You guys dive into a different part of the uh, recruits than I do. I had no <laughs> idea that that was a thing. Yeah, get them on Apple Music or Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. Wow. It's great. Amazing. Huh. I'm super excited, though. You're, you're completely <laughs> right, Mike. Yeah, he's, I mean, like... I think he's going to come in and be impactful. Go find his, his highlight tape or just go find the game highlights from their Frisco Bowl appearance appearance he looks like he can play qb at our level i mean because he can play qb at that level yeah Mm -hmm. he was more than serviceable i think i I like we realized that dalton sneed two seasons ago i will say um his style of play really works much better with this offense and that's not to knock cam humphrey because he played with injury for a good portion of the year. Um, but I think Lucas Johnson just brings a little bit more of that athleticism type na- type nature. And fair or not, for him, I should say knock on wood, he should have a full contingent of our running back stable rather mm-hmm. than a true freshman <laughs> as starting at running back. And so at least th- this is the fascinating thing to me looking at this, like we're going to have a more mobile quarterback – Wide receiver core, obviously, um, we've lost. You know, we've got some some replacement, but we the depth has been developed very nicely there. Uh, tight ends and blocking tight ends that should be improved. O line, we're just gonna have to see what those transfers look like, what the new depth looks like, but we're gonna have a running game. And so, how teams prepare now, where it's like mobile quarterback does throw the ball, isn't isn't a, you know, he's not just a runner. Uh, Marcus Knight and this receiver core. We should it's almost exciting. put Marcus Knight as the seventh transfer here because, yeah. I mean, that's the impact. Yeah, like it is. You know, you pair, and then all of a sudden you have Marcus Knight, and then you've got 
you've got Bergen and Harris that can play running back and Bergen can go in the slot a little bit. Yeah. And that's a pretty good backfield. And Osmo as well, yeah. too, back. And, I mean, I think I, I would venture the guess that, again, assuming we have a healthy – healthier squad at the in September that the skill set and the players we have available are going to better align with what these coaches think a more successful offense for Montana will be. And again, it's not to knock what we had this past season because we just couldn't anticipate the amount of running back attrition that we had. I mean, it just, it happened like mm-hmm. it's part of the game. Uh, and it was unfortunate. Pretty much a lot of it happened before we even snapped the damn ball. So um, if we get there to that point, I think if, you know, Bobby was told you get a stable of wide receivers or a stable of running backs with a mobile quarterback, he's going to take that running back stable more often than not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, hard, <laughs> hard to disagree with that. And should be fun to watch. <laughs> Excited. I'm excited about the offense. Actually, what's interesting is obviously O line's a conversation. It is. But of the skill groups, all of a sudden the receivers are the biggest question mark in my mind. And it's not mm. to say that there's not a lot of talent there, but I mean Yeah. Like I feel good about Johnson at QB. With Knight coming back, you feel good about the running backs. Yeah. I yeah. think the tight ends are in good shape. I think that, you know, we, they emerged and you know, I think that um Grossman, Elwell, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, you know the receivers. We got a lot of guys, but we got to step up and prove it. And obviously, um, uh, you know Robertson, White, Sulcer. If Sulcer comes back, which which I assume he is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robertson, White, Bergen's going to go back to receiver. I would assume. Assume, and he. I feel like Ryan Simpson, Bergen, and Sulcer will just rotate in the slot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. When I see. Watching Debo Samuel play, like how they just find fun ways to get him the ball, like twelve times a game. That's what I imagine. Sure, Bergen. Like Bergen, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, just... Bergen and 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 um, Flowers, like Malik Flowers. God, that's Can right. we just find creative ways to get these guys the ball because yeah. they're so athletic. Can can this coaching staff like improve on that? Like, can because like that Eastern playoff game, right? Malik Flowers was what technically the second touch of the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like you look at uh, maybe coaches just getting too in their head. And this is me talking as a fan. I've never coached. I've never played. So I just don't know. But it's like we did it once and it worked. Like don't do it again because they'll see it coming or something. Because it's like, you know, as a Packer fan, I didn't watch that goddamn game. But, you know, Debo Samuel like sacrifices his body. And I mean, they like put it out there. And like this guy is a mismatch. We're going to make sure he gets the ball a lot. I, there's some of these things. It's like Junior Bergen and Malik Flowers – Need to touch the ball more than like twice a game, don't mm-hmm. they? Yep. Yeah. I Absolutely. Mean, Marcus Knight needs it like twenty plus. A healthy Marcus Knight with an O line that can clear some lanes for him needs it twenty plus. But it's like, I don't know. Like some of these other guys need the ball more often than once or twice. We do know that there's a system. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I'm not going to touch that, Luke. It's the beer talking. Sorry. It's the beer talking. But uh, um, <laughs> we've been gone for a month and a half. I miss you guys. So I think that there's a lot of talent. I think there's a lot of talent there. It's just figuring out how it shakes out. Uh huh. Um, do you, you think know. our defense takes any steps back? So I think defense is an interesting conversation, and and um, let's run through these recruits real quick, and then let's let's talk defense because I think those cornerbacks 
I feel pretty good about that room. <laughs> yeah. You know, we need somebody to step up and, and replace Robertson, but you know, you're you're high on um um we'll get this. Fouch and um Graves. 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 Yeah, yeah, we got, yeah. got the transfer. Yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, I think um Well and we kinda think uh who was the uh the JUCO kid, uh probably Whitehead. Whitehead might kind of play some of that slot corner as well too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um so on the on the high school signed list, there's the Sam Alford, the wide receiver from Utah, uh, Ethan Barney, O lineman from uh, Sumner, Washington. Oh, I guess we did have a. Um, I apologize. Bo Dantic, athlete from Laurel, Montana, the Laurel Locomotives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus Evans, linebacker from Helena. Uh, Ian Finch, wide receiver from Hellgate High School. He's a tall kid. I saw him play basketball. Um, Vincent Genitone, linebacker from North Platte, Nebraska. If you guys haven't, go find his wrestling highlights. Yeah. I don't care about his football highlights. The dude's a beast. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like, you know, he's a he's a wrestler. I think he's a state champion wrestler, if I remember right. Okay. All right. Like, that guy's going to fit in just fine. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Eli Gilman, the running back, I think he's the freshman I'm the most excited about in this group. Same. Um but, you know, this is the sort of thing where we're going to listen to this in three years and half these kids aren't going to be on the team because that's normal. I'm yeah. like, well, what do you know? So take that with a grain of salt. Um, Bronson Hendrickson, D lineman from Polson, Montana. Uh, Caden Hoyt, QB from Helena, Montana. Drew Klump, the athlete from Missoula, Montana. Um, Chase McGurin, safety from Helena, Montana. Uh, Jareb Ramos, D lineman from Centennial, Colorado. He was another uh, late signing pickup. Yep. He, he wasn't in the f- December class, but he was in this class, and they were pretty excited about getting Three-star him. kid. Wasn't he one of the ones that was committed to Colorado yeah, State? Yeah, there were two kids, I think, that were committed to Colorado State but kind of got lost in the coaching change shuffle. Um, so they were excited about him. And wasn't that Joey Visser, the other one? Or no, 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 the Cooper Walton, the linebacker. Walton, um, yeah. From there. So there's Ramos, Patrick Rohrbach, kicker and punter from Kalispell. Um, interestingly, Coach Houck, Coach Huck didn't say it. Who spoke on on Rohrbeck at the? Was it Chan? Was it Chan? I think it was Chan. But Chan kind of hinted that we should <laughs> we should expect to see him sooner than later. So he might be our punter this year. <laughs> um, Tyson Rosted, athlete, Hamilton, Montana. Obviously, it's a legacy player. His brother's on the team. Uh, Joey Visser, safety, safety from Boulder, Montana. Cooper Walton is the other kid I was talking about, the linebacker from Johnson, Colorado. And Joe Wida, tight end, Missoula, Montana, also um, son of the uh, um, trainer, right? Athletic trainer. Athletic trainer. Yep, and, JC. Um, when he signed in December, somebody shared something on Facebook that was a post from his mom that shared a UM commercial that he was in. Mm-hmm. Where he was like watching the Grizz on TV, <laughs> and it was like it, it like faded into maybe the champion or the Hall of Fame, the, the Hall of Champions or whatever that they call that the hallway there by the Wag. Yeah. Um. And I just thought that was so cool. You know, that's a, I mean, that's, that's as so much cool. of a legacy connection as you can get there. I feel like his father JC might be only the third. I think it's he's the third athletic trainer ever. Like really, yeah. JC's like a, been there a while. Well, yeah, yeah. but he was the assistant for a long, long time to um, to Reiner. Um, yeah, the Reinhardt Athletic Training Center is yeah. what they call it. Um, Naseby Reinhardt. I should know that name because we have a scholarship in our school <laughs> named after him. Super famous guy. Yeah, <laughs> like a big, pretty big deal. I like it. Um, but yeah, he's been at the university for for I think his whole career. And if you know anything about athletic trainers, 
they're some of the most like selfless caregivers out there. They work long hours. They're yeah. there early for training. They're there late for practices. You know, they grind so they don't go home during the middle of the day, and then they they work on weekends. It's like a lifestyle, not a job. Yeah. Wow. They they leave it all out for our student athletes, and it's really cool that um, his son is like good enough to play and I was gonna say, for and the it, this isn't yeah. this isn't just a oh your dad's got a connection there i mean like he played on the sentinel team and the listeners of the pod know i watched a lot of that team this fall um because james really liked to go to those games with his buddies but he was good he played yeah. tight end and he got open and it's like he's that guy that if he bulks up a little bit yeah. he could be a blocking tight end that's a threat to he's got catch the ball hands. he's got great hands he was the guy that when Sentinel needed a clutch catch, like to convert a third or fourth down, like mm-hmm. he was the guy that they looked for. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a trait that carries, you know? Yep. We'll see. Nice. I'm kind of excited about it. That's exciting. Yeah. All these guys, you know, probably won't see the field for two years and, uh, that's and the we'll thing, forget about right? it. Like, so, that's a- <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we did, um, you know, have one of our followers, Day uh, Day um, Martin is a, out on Twitter, he he follows recruiting really close, and we talked to him about um, you know having some sort of recruiting centric episode, and we will get that scheduled because not necessarily so much to talk about this class, although I think that he probably could have some insight because he he pays attention, but there's a few fans who follow the Grizz recruiting really closely mm-hmm. and seem to kind of understand where their areas of strength are, where they're looking, you know, what their relationships are, how it works and stuff like that. I just think it'd be a fascinating conversation to have. Mm-hmm. So we still do intend to have that at some point. Nice. Um, you know, just scheduling these pods in the off season when we don't have a game schedule to follow is a lot different. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason we scheduled this one is that James got sick of me saying, well, I don't think we're doing one this week. And he finally was like, hey. Also, you listeners have no idea how frustrating it is that Mike and Brent are really good fathers and, and husbands. <laughs> like, like, they unfortunately take those commitments <laughs> very seriously. So, uh, you know, we get them in when we can. That's fair. We'll allow it. Um, any other thoughts on, on signing day, the class or anything like that? No, like I said, excited for it. I, it's always one of those things where you wish you would have seen a few more transfers in now so they could do winter conditioning and spring ball with the team. But I have a feeling we're going to be seeing some more grad transfers and you can't get a grad transfer until they graduate. Until they so, graduate. Uh, it, you know, uh, um, I was hoping for at least another O-lineman or two in the transfer at this point so they can spend more time kind of getting into it. But we'll just have to see. All in all, this is a great-looking class. And all, I think all the transfers fit fairly immediate needs the only thing that kind of surprised me like like we said like we got two corners and obviously hicks onu is the only corner that graduated so and we've got youth there so just kind of like the i don't like the slot corner so are we going to move away from three safeties to more three corners or kind of what's what's the look there because that was yeah teams as we got through the season i think sac state first kind of started you put your best receiver in the slot and he would some generally yep. beat our slot. Safety. And we got. I think they got to figure that out in the off season too. Of like, so, if that's going to happen, yeah. we need to start ro- rolling one of our corners. Over. Yeah, putting a corner there. And then, of course, right. What, what was the game where Ford um, just followed? Well, it was the cat game, right? Mm-hmm. McCutcheon. Ford just stayed with him. Wasn't that that game? 
I think so. He stayed with there was the, another game before Eastern receivers too. But God, those Eastern receivers just—it's so like pick your poison, right? Yeah. You're yeah. going to cover Boston, but it's one of those. Jones. It's so fascinating because there are two games like that. It's like they basically said, you know, go get your yards. But it's like the stat, you know, they talk about the NFL where, where you know, the more yards a QB throws for, there's a point where that QB's losing. You know, like there's a happy medium there, and it's yeah. like yeah. the staff was just kind of like. Go do your thing, you know. We're going to do ours, and they took care of it. That yeah. was a lot of fun, that Eastern game. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What about after? Um, Just kidding. Well, that game, that was fun, too. Yeah, we had fun at the bar. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> was good. Are, wait, wait, are they going to do spring ball like they did last spring? No. No. And this is something that, that um, you know, if and when we have Kent Haslam on, we should ask him about it because I think it's a missed opportunity. I, I hadn't followed this at all, but now I'm disappointed because I had so much yeah, fun. Spring game in, ha- in Hamilton, like a normal spring game. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be a practice. But I mean, like, no, scheduling, like, if, you, if you schedule one game where you bring another team in and do you have a legit game, even if you don't play everybody, you know? Even if it's like a D2 school, like yeah. you go to Central Washington. Like, that was great. Yeah. Get 15,000 people in the stands, give us a reason tailgate afterwards i have no complaints agreed um last point on on signing day i will say that eastern washington used espn plus as a platform and did a signing day show oh i didn't see it and i haven't seen it either but i heard it was all right but the point is that we have an espn plus channel yeah we should do that yeah and you know we should convince the powers that be on campus to let us host that so it'll be just like Super Bowl Media Day <laughs> where we can live stream on ESPN+. Oh my Plus. God, yes. You know, and like we get Riley to drop in for a while. You know, get Coach Houck to drop in for a little while. You just, just live stream it, you know, as the guys are coming in. So like, you know, 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. Oh Don't ask what's in my Dixie cup. Yeah. Let's just, we'll do it. <laughs> That'd um, be so funny. It, it'd almost be like a like a, like an election night thing, right? Yeah. Where we'd be like, we have breaking news. Yep, exactly. So we go to Mike Nugent. Mike so Nugent's like, if you look at the Nebraska whoever side from of the, the athletic map. department is listening, <laughs> what do we need to do to make this happen? We'll do it for free. I want a marker board. It will be it'll be great TV. So let's just let's just see what we can do. <laughs> We're all going to be down in three point stances. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> we're filling time, and you're like, "Well, need you to explain how they line up here, Lou." Yeah. So, get an excused absence for James. All right, so you can pull up Retro Bowl and just like throw a quick game on. There we go. <laughs> this all works. This could yeah. happen. This could happen. Oh my gosh, I've seen I've seen worse produced shows at the Missoula Public <laughs> Access. <laughs> we would be. Oh great. no, we'll be great. We'll be great. Be quite, I mean. They can even produce it. We'll just sit and talk, you know, yeah. unscripted. I promise not to swear. Yeah, I mean, we can do it. Yeah, ish, ish. Give us a ten second delay. <laughs> I was gonna say there might just be a moment where you drop like an f bomb, and it's like ah, uh, it'll work. All right. Um, other kind of big news floating around campus, and it's officially official. We have talked about it on this show already, yeah. but they officially announced to the public the practice bubble. Yeah, so cool. What a it's what seven million dollar uh, practice bubble that's going to go over the River Bowl, yes, um, or down the, by there, down not, by the yeah. River Bowl, the, the the field in front of the River Bowl, but yeah, uh huh. And what I, I mean, I it's supposed to be up by twenty twenty three, quick, okay, yeah. So the 
an actual facility was going to cost something like thirty-five million. You know, that's that was MDSU just announced theirs. Wasn't that like twenty-eight million or something? Yeah, that's the big question. Ask Sunberg, who has agreed to be on the show to talk about this and other things. But it would have been a lot more. And I think the the expense would have been uh, elevated just due to its proximity to the Clark Fork River, right? There's like a lot of things to consider when it, when you're near a body of water, I think. Um, so, so here's the thing for me. It's like when I first heard Bubble, I'm kind of like, well, you know, I mean, I wish we could do the building even though four times, five times more. I mean, construction costs right now, like if that building was $40 million, I wouldn't be shocked. Sure. Um and DSUs is $40 million. Yeah. So on the one hand, you look at it like that, and you're like... NDSU, wait, time out. Sorry, Mike, to interrupt you, because you were about yeah, to make a real a, point. They don't they have own, a They have a dome. They don't own the dome. The, the city of Fargo owns the dome. Oh, whoa. Yeah. yeah. So what is more the to it city of Fargo exactly. thinking? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. We've got farm shows in there. Oh yeah, tractor <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the good stuff. But anyway, okay. so you know, you know, I'm thinking, man, you know, that'd be cool because you know, big fancy buildings are cool. But then I stop and think about like all the facilities that UM has. You know, we've got the Champion Center. Like I, I would imagine the NDSU facility has other stuff in it besides just you know indoor football field and some track stuff. We already have that. You mm-hmm. know, so it's like we what we need is an indoor place to practice when the weather's bad. Yeah, and this crosses that. This covers that. Football can practice in there. Soccer can practice in there. Softball can practice in there. Track can practice in there. It's not a full track, but there's there's plenty of room for sprinting. You're not going to be able to run the full, you know, four by one hundred relays or anything like that. But the sprinters, they're going to be able to practice inside. Well, yeah, every time uh, the the Grizz soccer team, there's been some social media posts of them you know, kind of playing in the Adams Center. And I think it's fun, like, the team chemistry that they've developed and their coach has been fantastic and stuff. And I get really excited to watch them, like, putting in the work in the winter. But I also, at the same time, I'm like, why the hell are they practicing? Like, they should have an indoor practice facility. (laughs) Why are they practicing on the Adams Center floor when, you know, like, after the basketball teams are done practicing? Like, that's ridiculous. Um, The other thing that's going to be able to happen which is fascinating the others you know like you, you always think when there's a spend for athletics how it affects the the academics or the other you know students on campus is we'll be able to do intramural sports in this bubble mm-hmm. like they've already talked about it like after you know all the practices are over like the intramural sports can go uh run their leagues in, in the bubble. I think it's a wonderful like it, win-win for all students it, on campus. It's going to be like yeah. basketball in the rec center that's scheduled until 11 or 12 at night. Yeah. You know, or like the hockey rink. Like, I, I bet you there's winter intramural leagues that start at 7. It, I, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh-huh. So what's interesting is the bubble is removable. Mm-hmm. So yep. they can take it down in spring, summer, early fall and put it back up. Um, I imagine that's Gonna be easier said than done, but what do I know? Sorry, Chuck Mays. You know, <laughs> <laughs> poor Chuck sorry. does everything on camera. Sorry, Tia. Yeah. Deflate the bubble. <laughs> oh God, they're gonna have to figure that out. Um, the thing is, you're not wrong. Yeah. They're gonna have to figure that out. Um, one of the questions I want to ask Greg is, you know, is this kind of the 
first step in like they continue fundraising and they will build a more permanent structure around it? Or is the bubble... Is this it? Is this it? Is yeah. this the, the end goal? And I actually... I don't know that I necessarily have a preference. I'm just more curious. I kind of... I mean, uh, if you get a series of big donors that want to build a permanent facility, I don't know how you turn that down. I kind of like the uh, liminal nature of like the the bubble because that area is so beautiful during the summer that you take it down mm-hmm. and you got the green grass and you can see the river, you can see the other side of the river. Like Missoula is a beautiful place. Um, and not that, you know, permanent structures can't fit in great with the scenery, but you know, you put it up when it's cold and dark in the winter and no one's like scene gazing <laughs> and you take it down during the summer. And I think it's perfectly fine. I think the student athletes enjoy uh, practicing outside um and i just this is going to be super impactful i know before the james madison game they couldn't due to the due to the weather they couldn't have full practices every day of the week they wanted to mm-hmm. yeah you know like they did run throughs and stuff but they couldn't like go full bore it's going to add days late in the season that we can we can practice longer and with more intensity yep and then it, it's a game changer for spring ball well, and I, uh, spring ball is a point too because at the as we I think Bobby concluded the his chat with quarterback club someone had asked him about the schedule for uh, spring ball and he'd pointed out that uh, a couple years back we had a really rough March and they wound up losing just like losing practice days because uh, because of the cold and then the snow and the ice that. Um, you know, especially the the practicing on Washington Grizzly was just it was like practicing on concrete because it was just f- solid ice on it. So, you know, I I've seen the comments of like we're going to practice indoors and it's going to make us soft. We're not going to play good in the winter. And it's like, come on, no, this is this is for like training and reps and experience, especially spring ball. You know, it's you- such like people who say that need to s- just. Shut up! Because when it's when the when the ground is solid ice and the wind is blowing thirty miles an hour and it's zero degrees out, you're not practicing hard. No what one's of, sprinting. Yeah, at like full what type speed. of quality practice is that? You're, yeah. It's a horrible quality yeah. practice. Throw it indoors, and these people can like exert themselves maximally and yeah. train hard. Like this is just a stupid argument. Well, then you have someone like suffer a serious injury for landing on I mean which granted can happen in a game could happen at any point but like it's kind of preventable with a with a bubble especially in adverse weather conditions especially in spring ball yeah we're I mean, just talking about Marcus frozen. Knight like we yeah. lost Marcus Knight last spring like I don't know be just nice to if you could prevent a couple those, little things those things are going to happen but if everyone's playing on uncertain purchase right like yeah <laughs> they're more likely to get hurt right or not even try hard and that's not useful. Those aren't useful reps. So this is huge. I love I, it. I really am excited and, about the the possibility of of uh, winter indoor football leagues. Yeah, I mean, I think, <laughs> like I would have played that when I was in college. Should we get a GFP football team? I really need to start training now. Yeah. That. <laughs> For twenty twenty three. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> figured out right <laughs> so um it's going to be interesting so that area is going to be under construction for football season because yeah. the museum is going in in front of the parking lot next to the rec center 
Right. And the um, the road is coming up. It's being pulled into the parking lot in front of the Adams Center more. And so it's not gonna it's not gonna intersect there with lot M, which oh. is the best lot. Yeah, yeah. My my uh, in laws have their football tickets in lot parking pass in lot M, and they got a notice from the university that told them they need to be there early and they need to be prepared to not be able to leave their parking spot for at least an hour and a half after every football game next year. More tailgating? I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm all for it, but I mean, it was just like, huh. Interesting. There's definitely things are things are changing a little bit on that that little part of campus. So Jeez. wow, there's a lot going on on campus. I should I actually took a couple photos right now. Craig Hall is like part of it's being. I drove by there and you looked left and all there was cut halfway through. Yeah, right. huh. I'll send them to you right now. Wow, um, they're making like a an awesome food dining hall service right there. So they're Nixon part of Craig. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be okay. On that note. Uh, Luke and I were both RAs, so we can say this. Um, if you are an A, an RA, you signed up to earn your room and board in exchange for being in several nights a week and helping people address their issues. Um, obviously, they need a lot of assistance, but I mean, you're not making 30 bucks a week. You're getting free room and board. That's what you signed up for. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I had so much fun. You well because you're such a people person. <laughs> Luke knew everybody. Like he could sit at the front desk of whatever building he worked in, and everybody who walked by knew Luke. It was so fun, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'd love. I you did. I would have done it for free probably. It was like a great. It was a great experience, and I met some of my like favorite people, like Michael. <laughs> yeah, great point. Before we uh, before we lived together. Uh, um, you know, off campus, we were RAs together. So, mm-hmm. yeah. wow. Brent was already, you know, an adult in the professional world. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Although, talking about just how Luke's a people person is funny because I was talking to someone tonight about recording a Chris Van Pod, and he was like, I went through your tailgate, and there were people that were stopping Luke to take pictures with him. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I think yeah, it was I just know. other people from Shelby, but that's like half our listenership. So yeah, we got all Tool County listening. <laughs> we uh, <laughs> I, I had the uh, um, I had some people from Missoula County into my sales meeting this morning to talk about zoning and whatnot. And uh, one of the guys that works there is a great guy named Andrew. And then afterwards, he's like, "Hey, I listened to your guys' pod," and I was like, "Yes." <laughs> so shout out if you're listening now. We appreciate it. My daughter's robotics coach. Uh, her husband listens, but they're cat fans. Well, loves the pod though. I mean, this quality entertainment, you know, yeah, just just a good hang. Yeah, yeah, you know, if we could just if we could do an interactive version of this, like that, maybe that's what the Twitch is or like some stream. I'd totally do it. That'd be fun. Just figure it out. Yeah, we really should put some more thought into that, but whatever. You yeah, know. we have all these grand plans that we talk about. And <laughs> That's like, I think that our listeners oh, shit, are starting we'll to start like, next week. <laughs> yeah, what are you guys ever going to do? Any? Yeah, of this when's stuff that live episode about? happening, guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Figure that out. All right. Um, Exciting so we, stuff. So we've kind of t- t- touched on the roster. We've talked about some of our concerns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any more on the defense? We said we'd sw- circle back to it. Then we kind of talked about it. But I mean. We, we, we aren't losing a lot on the starter front on defense, but we're losing a couple of big names. Jace Lewis, yeah. um, number 37, 
leaving, um, you know, because he's graduating the University of Montana, coming soon to a Grizz fan pod near you. Yes. Another uh, guest we've got uh, booked and lined up, so we got to set some dates for. So, uh, you know. What do you mean by another, Mike? I mean, we just, <laughs> we've, we've name dropped, you know, a few people here. We haven't gotten to. Um, you, know, you know, Brent's drunk DMs, but uh, maybe we should. Yeah. Well, Brent, anything you want to tell the audience? You know, uh, last Friday, um, <laughs> the uh, the Woodford was flowing, and I noticed that uh, UM President Seth Bodner follows the pod. And I, uh, you know, like anyone with good ideas after some whiskeys at 1130 on a Friday, I shot him a DM. And uh, apparently, he's on board. Fast forward, so he didn't but, respond. Well, yeah, he didn't respond. But fast forward, so, so was, then, the, <laughs> like on Monday, we're we're sitting there, and you know, Britt and I both have the GFP Twitter on our phone. Luke might, I don't know, <laughs> but we get a I, we get a message from um, uh, Dave Coons, the the um, spokesman for UM, yeah. who, uh, who I know. Um, he's actually in all of our fantasy football leagues, but Brent and Luke have never met him. Okay. Great guy. Um, and he says, I heard that the president, um, that you asked the president to be on the show. He'd love to do it. Here's my phone number. Let's set it up. And I immediately am thinking, Luke, who, you know, hobnobs with the the, the real deal on campus, just probably invited him in passing. And I like to say it. And then a little bit later, Brent's like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> because Brent didn't tell Luke. No, I didn't tell you what guys. was running through your head? Nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing. I was just like, this would be so cool. Like, he follows the pod. Like, he'll see the message. And then, like, I forgot about it. And then, like, Mike and I talked, like, two days later. I was like, oh, oh shit. That's right. I did that. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. He's yeah. a he's a good dude. Uh, I think we'll have a lot of fun conversation with the president. So, yeah. That, that, nice work. Yeah. yeah <laughs> nice work, Brent. <laughs> It was it was not my only endeavor that was influenced by alcohol over the stretch of the of a seven day window. So, um, what else happened? Oh, I got drunk on Costco travel, and I'm going to Mexico in April. So, <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> um, so I I don't think it was the same night. I think it was the week before. But like we're <laughs> but the same kind of thing where I was like over with the neighbors. We should do a trip. Hey, Costco travel. Hey, this April looks great. And then the next morning is like, you know, you look at like the text of the charges on your credit card. And it's like, I guess we're going to Mexico in two months. So I'm going to Mexico in April. See, this is why we don't have regular pods. Yeah, this is because Brent's out gallivanting <laughs> around, the, you know, the Western Hemisphere. You know. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, we could totally go to Mexico. I can just see. Sure. Yeah. yeah, why not? It's really cheap. Look at this. Well, I hope you go to. Yeah. Um, you also have. <laughs> also. Um, uh, we've uh, messaged back and forth with OD. Yeah. So we need to get him on, too. We do need to get OD on. So that's a pretty. Like, we actually probably. Need so to, we have. We probably need to sit down and schedule some so, of these. We, because we've got Greg Sunberg. We've got President Bonner. Yep. We've got Jace Lewis. We've got OD. And per- Kent? perhaps Kent, Kent, perhaps Jim Messina, one of Jim these days. Oh, right. Yeah, that's a whole and other. I would love to get Jim on. We have some some Palmers. 
that I heard want to potentially join us. Oh, the yeah. Palmer so the, clan. The, the Palmer clan is kind of a funny story because obviously we had Colt on, which was obviously we had a lot of fun. And so did a lot yeah. of you, we've heard. Yeah. Um, but Colt, Pal- Colt Palmer is cousins. He's the older cousin of Jason Ty Palmer. And Ty Palmer um, mentioned to Colt that he heard Colt on the show and sounded like he had a blast and said, do you think they'd have all three of us on at the same time? To which the answer is a resounding, of course, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So whether that's an off-season episode or whether that's like pre-Grizz Cat next year or something like that, we will figure that out. And Riley, yeah, let's come on. Yep. Gosh, Man. I mean, do another four-hour episode with Coulter at some point, right? Yeah, but, but Coulter's so lame compared to all these guys. <laughs> Put Coulter at the bottom of the list. Yeah. Sorry, Coulter. Sorry, Coulter. You'd put us at the bottom of the list too. That's true. That's true. I have no invites. Yeah. The sponsor of, I you, you know what I sponsor show. and they screen my calls when I call in. Like, are you really Mike Nugent? The, 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 I, he, Coulter says call in on live on air, so I call the studio, and they're you know like, it's Andrew Houghton. I'm pretty sure it's like, well, you know, we don't have time, and I'm like, how much do I have to pay a month to just get on <laughs> air? Like, because you know, come on, <laughs> they know your number. <laughs> Oh God, Mike's calling again. Uh, so then I, I texted the talent directly, and he was like, "Oh God, call back." So you should get a burner phone. I probably should. Call in with Luke's number sometime. They See always answered my number. When I, I, I used to call in a lot. Is that right, Jasper? <laughs> that doxing. Um, so yeah, we. All I know for certain is we got to schedule some of these out. We, we probably should look at our calendars guests. tomorrow yes. And, yes. and set some dates and just say, okay, we should. These are what we're doing. We need to do like a, you know, like like when uh, someone announces like a band announces they're going on a tour. You know, be like tour dates. Oh, I, I'm already thinking about it. We're, March 10th. We're, we're we're well, yeah. Greg Summer. I'm just making up dates, right? But maybe we can get somebody to make us some graphics. This is, this is what we do. See, this is why we're going to be qualified to host the signing day show next yeah. next year. We're going to get our stuff together yeah. in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> we get a studio cam- camera and mount it to the ceiling in my dining room. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> Your yeah. wife would love that. Yeah, this it'll look great. Camera <laughs> sticking out of the ceiling. Uh, can we Can we just post like the login credentials to like one of those furbos so people can watch? <laughs> Do you know what those are? No, the pet cams, right? They're, yeah, they're like pet cameras, and you can load them with pet snacks. And then from your app, like a phone app, it's called Furbo. You can like you know log in and look at your your animal, but uh, you can hit a button and it'll play a sound, which is like totally Pav- Pavlov's dog type situation. Mm-hmm. And then that cues the animal to be like, oh, it's treat time. And then the Furbo will literally catapult snacks out of its mouth onto the ground, and your animal you can watch your animal get a little snack during the middle of the day. <laughs> What I'm saying is we we should get a furbo and just let everyone in Grizz Nation Rolls out it. have access to your dining room at any hour of the day. Give me a random text like, dude, Mike's walking around in his underwear in the dining room again at three in the morning. Exactly. Like somebody tell him. Like, Inside uh, access. Well, that's a paid level. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get on like Patreon or something. Oh, Lord. All right. Um... Before we get to listener questions, um, 
anything on the basketball seasons? I know we touched on them a little bit, but dude, I have loved watching the Lady Grizz this season. The, I their chemistry is palpable. They really like playing with each other. They really like their coach. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I think, I think when I watch them, I get sort of like jealous. I, I, I don't know. We've. I'm not sure if we all had had experiences where you played with a team that had good chemistry. I can remember a couple teams that were just so fun to play with, um, and I get that vibe when I watch them. And it and it really win or lose. I'm like, they look like they're they enjoy each other. So I've loved watching the Lady Grizz this year. I would love to get their coach on, like add, add him to the list to the tour. Well, mean, let me DM him. I was going to say, should we just have Brit DM him? Should or? we give Brit a bottle of whiskey? I think he follows the pod. He interacts once in a while. Let me check it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We follow each other. Yeah. And, uh, and they're still uh, live, live pod DMing. <laughs> yeah, no. And I'm, I'm actually fascinated by um, the dis- addition of Jocelyn Tinkle, too, to the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, how that works with chemistry and like her, what she knows. Well, for him not being a Montana guy, he's got some Montana ties because mm-hmm. three of his assistants are. Yeah, Jordan Sullivan mm-hmm. and uh, I forget the guy. What's the guy's name? Uh, um, he's been there a little while too, right? Yeah. Um, no, I see him all the time. Um, shifting gears while while we you know. Like figure Google that this. answer to that question yeah. we also talked at one point about reaching out to the soccer coach and i think that would be kind of a fun interview God, uh-huh. damn so i jumping in tonight <laughs> so somebody uh somebody asked on twitter today about the weight loss challenge whoops did they yeah well, i'm still in the weight gain phase <laughs> to make the weight loss challenge did i miss dramatic. that or is that still gonna happen Maybe it'll stop. I don't know. Let me figure it out. I'm going to Mexico in two months. Maybe I should drop a few. <laughs> yeah, you know, the Green Bay Packers can't ruin your trip to Mexico because they won't be playing. Uh, yeah, thanks, Mike. Well, I mean, it's the spring. Well, then neither will the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah, so. If you followed baseball, though, they could. Hey, the Mariners will still be in contention in April. <laughs> will they? Uh... Gosh, do you think there will be an MLB season? I hope so. It would be such well, a shame right. if yeah. they botched this. As a Mariners fan, it would be fitting that a team that in 21 years like has the roster and the momentum heading into a season that they could finally get to the playoffs – that there isn't a season and they don't make it. Like, that would just be no, no, that, on-brand Mariners. It's yeah. actually probably Seattle's fault. <laughs> this is Seattle's fault. All right, going back. Going back. Nate Harris. Nate Harris. Yes. Who's a Ronan guy. Played at Montana Tech. And, like, now this might truly be doxing. Um, I think he has his cell phone number listed on their website. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at this. It's a, that's got to be the cell. That's not the university address. Like the you know the university numbers start with a two four three. Yeah, you know that's an interesting... shit. We should take we should text him. Text Nate. Is this... I'm gonna text oh, him right now. God. <laughs> is this Nate? <laughs> this is the GFP. Uh, well, Brent's texting his boss. You're texting him. You know, yeah, good all around. All right. Um, should we jump to listener questions? Uh, you know, basketball side. Only other thing I would oh, just yeah. add. I think. The men's team is 
showing some positive signs. I think they're in the midst of... Outside of that Idaho State game. But what was interesting is UM and Weber played a back-and-forth, like, exhausting game Thursday. And then they both got blown out on Saturday. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The Cats went and won in Weber for, like, the second time ever and beat them by 25 points. Yeah. Um, You know, and that's only overshadowed by the Grizz losing to... A bad Idaho State team, but they just those two teams just left it all on the court on yeah. Thursday. I yeah. don't know if you guys watched the box score or looked at the box score of that Weber State game we played, but they shot like fifty free throws, and their their guard like McKeon or whatever. I mean, who's like a really talented guard? Yeah, yeah. he shot like twenty free throws. We got hosed. Yeah, well, um, but they played really good against Southern Utah last night. Yeah, incredibly good. I, I, this Grizz team's fun. I don't, I don't know. I don't see them winning the tournament, but uh, well, I can see them in the finals. Is prior to the Montana State game where Montana State beat Weber at home, I would say I don't see anybody but Weber winning the tournament. Yeah, but I see Montana as the only legitimate threat to Weber. To now Weber. I guess you could say Montana State is too. But. Maybe. I, there's yeah. there's so much consolidation in the top four teams. There is. Uh, we're fourth right now. Northern Arizona's fifth. Who we play uh, Thursday tomorrow? Tomorrow. Or Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Thursday. Tomorrow's Thursday. Wednesday. So. Tenth. Yeah. Tenth. Um, but I don't think we lose at home. We're undefeated we at home. Ten and up. And I think six a... of our next eight or six of the eight remaining are at home. Five. Five of eight. Five of the eight. Six, remaining. including Southern Utah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to be really well situated to catch a bye in the Big Sky Conference tournament. I'd say so. Um, It'd be nice to be on the opposite side of Weber to not have to play them in a semifinal. Yep. But but yeah, I I, I think it's possible. And um, Travis's teams typically play better as the year goes on. Yeah. Um, I love where we're at. And again, I don't think there's a, a huge difference between the you know the top four teams. I think they could all beat each other on any given night so this is a great schedule so we got two home games nau portland state go to idaho go to southern utah and then we host cats unc and sack so we got some tougher teams in there but um you know that that those two were at southern utah three days later playing the cats in missoula um tough little stretch there but mm-hmm. a lot of signs point to they should in theory that idaho state loss could kind of be a kicker for them between maybe a two or three seed or a three, four, but, uh, yeah, they seem to be in a pretty good position. I'm like having followed them. It really seems like to me, like our guard play has gotten much better, much more consistent. I'd agree with that. But like what strikes me is like the kind of bellwether indicator of a, a good night or a bad night is Josh Bannon. And not saying, like, if Josh Bannon's bad, the Grizz are bad, but, like... I mean, that's what happened at Idaho State. Yeah, that's he true. was off, and that was it. <laughs> but it's like, like, Southern Utah, Josh Bannon had a big game, right? Mm-hmm. And then that Weber win here in Missoula, which was just one of the most, like, incredibly fun games I've seen in a while. Um, Bannon had just some incredible stretches that Beasley kind of took over late. But, um, I don't know, kind of Bannon kind of seems to be that guy because he can play in and out much more than a lot of other guys and he's a lot more versatile um he's a pretty incredible weapon but he kind of seems to be the catalyst of especially big game success or yeah like that idaho state game too so (laughs) the opposite 
I don't know. It's they're they're a fun team. I, it still feels like I don't know. It doesn't feel like this team is the team that runs through the tournament. They could, but yeah, yeah. It'd just be fun to beat Weber again in you the know, tournament. We still have <laughs> we still have the Achilles heel of of having games where we go six minutes without scoring. Yes. I don't know if you guys have um, if you guys have noticed this, but. <laughs> this is kind of random. Derek Carter Hollinger is like the big man Will Cherry. They look so much alike to me. <laughs> like, funny. I've never noticed <laughs> that, that, but I will look. Closely. Take a look at it. I was like watching him last night, and I was like, man, his like his body type is like Will Cherry if he like was a had, big dude instead of a guard, like uh-huh. a foot taller, and his face like I feel like like their their like cheekbones and stuff and smile mm-hmm. are similar. I have never noticed. You've studied both of them a lot closer than I'm I have. Like, oh my gosh! I just would never compare a guard to a post player like that. Anyway, I, I wanna. I'm gonna create a side by side for you guys. I'm gonna snag both their Matt, photos. Yeah, I'm kind of seeing it. Like, I'm just looking at this picture. All right, Derek. Yeah. Huh. So, along these lines, <laughs> the last uh, home basketball game I was at, because there have been very few home Grizz basketball games, I mean, since January. There's been some big gaps. Yeah. Um, big gaps with COVID. But they had a new thing on the big screen, which was like crowd lookalikes. Where, oh, they're doing this too now? Where they, you know, like yeah. find somebody in the crowd and then pick what celebrity they look like. Um, so that would be an awesome one to feed the athletic department. <laughs> like, <have> a, <laughs> Will Cherry, and then just zoom in on Derek Carter Hollinger. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, When's the next time the women are home? Do you have the schedule in front of you? Uh, Give me a quick second. I'll tell you. Because it might be not until next Tuesday or Thursday or something, right? Women's home game is... They are away for a little while. Feb 17 versus Idaho. And women have quite a few games left they also have been kind of pinched by code they, they still have, have four games in four states and eight they days. have one two three oh four five six seven eight nine games still to play and yeah it's like they oof, yeah they go at portland oh let's look, like check this out so they were February 7th, they're at Southern Utah. February 10th, they're in Flagstaff. February 12th, they're in Portland. February 14th, they're in Cheney. 17th, they're in Missoula. Four days later, they're back in Moscow. Then they got two in Missoula. And they go to northern Colorado. And they go to SAC. They're all over the place. Tough run. Yeah. Oof. But, I mean, right now, just like the men, they're fourth in fourth place, I think, at the conference. And yep. Seven to four. I mean, yeah. So I see that. Seven to four conference, fourth place. They're exceeding expectations rapidly so they're exciting one of my favorite players on that team is sammy fatkin yeah and i love that her number is double zero i don't know why <laughs> but i always like it was like if i ever you know was a was a real athlete i would have picked double zero as a number like oh oh <laughs> like uh who was that robert parish or someone who wore that yeah ah <laughs> <sighs> It's so fun. I've I've been really disappointed with the student turnout at the games, and and I know it's so been... has our friend Jack Marshall. Jack Marshall upset. Yeah, yes. and I I don't know what the fix is. I think like it's part COVID, 
not that I think many students are truly afraid of COVID at, at, anymore. Like, you. That's s- just your observation. It's just my observation campus. on campus. Like, people are respectful. I'm not. I've never had a student, um, kind of defy the mask requirement in a classroom. Um, but you know, you see them hanging out together, and none of them you know wear masks when they're in small groups and you know big groups or whatever but i just think like after two years essentially we had to learn how to be comfortable and entertained either by ourselves or at home or doing other things um not out in like public with people and i think people figured something out and they found a groove that they're still in and so like returning back to you know, getting outside of that like little comfort area back into the public, it, you know, it's, it's been hard. It hasn't been as seamless as I thought. Yeah. But, uh, it's kind of, and just like the, the asymmetry between how fun both of these teams are to watch and like how few students have been around has kind of surprised me. Like, I'm like, gosh, of all the seasons where you would want to get your butt in the seat, um, it kind of surprises me that we haven't seen like more, more of our student body there. So I don't know. The fast, like there was that article on it, but then they talked about too, like uh, the hockey team, like the student turnout, the crowd turnout for those are the hottest tickets in town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but somebody pointed out that it's, there are a lot less sanctioned rules cause it's a club and they could drink alcohol right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that might be a big part of it. You know, it's like I just, for some reason in my head I can picture more college students um, making let's go to the hockey game and grab a six pack along the way, an outing than going to the basketball game. Huh. But I don't know. It's an interesting conversation because it's it's a problem across college athletics, not just not just UM, but it's a basketball problem. Anyway, yeah. all right, questions. I'm on eGrizz. Go for it. <clears throat> um, Grizz till I die. When's the president coming on? Uh, soon we'll figure it out. Um, Rhino 30, president of what? Rhino, whatever you want. But, <laughs> I mean, we get a president's corner where every week we have a different president. You know, it might be the president of the plumbing company. <laughs> Next week it might be President Bodner. Week after that it might be, you know, the president of the Montana Regional MLS. Yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, <laughs> she's a nice lady. Yeah, she's wonderful. <laughs> um, <laughs> Looks like the fuck. Choose your own adventure. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ever Grizz, we asked James's question. Um, he says, is this the most un- uninspiring Super Bowl since question mark? What? I actually don't see it that way. Like, to me, whichever quarterback wins is a is a good story, in yep. my opinion. Joe Burrow is a fun guy to follow, you know? Yep. Um, it's just his confidence is just kind of fun, but it doesn't bother you. I'm sure in his career at some point it might bother us, but right now it doesn't because I think that's what Cincinnati needed. It's like they've been so putrid for so long that they needed someone to come in and be like, no, we expect to win playoff games. Yeah. Like, yeah. we're going to do this. On the flip side, you know, Matthew Stafford spends his career in purgatory <laughs> – in Detroit and puts up some of, you know, the best career statistics, you know, 
that a lion could have. That a lion could. Well, I mean, I was going to say outside of like top ten QBs, but I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying he's he's in that top tier group, but he's quietly had a really impressive career. Yeah. yeah, the lines have just been terrible. The question has been this season: Is he good enough to get him over the hump? And there's been up and down, and you know they've done it. So I mean, to me, those are fun storylines. Um, I hate the Rams, so there's that. <laughs> I I also think like people have overlooked the Bengals. For you know, good reason. Yeah, yeah. But their defense is so sneaky good. Like, think about they—they they held that Kansas City team to three points, right in the, in the second, second half. half. Yeah. What? Um, that it's kind of fascinating to watch that, and then to watch someone so confident. You know, Joe, Joe Burrow's very skilled, but he's just like almost so. Uh, I almost call him like Andy Dufresne arrogant, you know, like he just, he has a way about him, right? Is I think yeah, what it comes to. That's actually that, a really good character comparison. Yeah, just like he just is seemingly unbothered by anything and he's just supremely confident. Yeah. Um, and, and not in an overly ostentatious way either. But I kind of like am rooting for that type of personality in, you know, in Cincinnati. And then on the other side, like, You've got, yeah, you've got this like veteran quarterback. I think Mike used the perfect word, purgatory. <laughs> he was in <laughs> Detroit forever. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, like look what's possible uh, if you can like leave and like get a new start. And then also their defense is phenomenal, right? Like Aaron Donald's been the best maybe all around player. Uh, I, you know, like over, yeah. what am I trying to say? He's been the best player in football. For maybe a couple years, like a consistent stretch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Then you got Cooper Cup, who, you know, win or lose, I want him to do well. I think the whole Big Sky and maybe FCS has like adopted this kid as like their claim to fame. Totally. <laughs> it's kind of funny, like in the social media chats where you've got like Jacksonville State fans be like, "Yeah, Cooper no. Cup, I saw him this one time. He's I re- amazing." We played against. Uh, in high school, the Shelby played against Mike Chavez in a couple like oh, different. Grizz Mike Chavez, uh huh. Basketball. Grizz yeah. Mike Chavez, yeah. Who's a hilarious TikTok follow, by the way. Oh really? Yeah, he's got a really funny TikTok. Um, but when he became a Grizz, you know, played basketball here for that stretch, I was like, oh my god, I'm such a Mike Chavez fan. <laughs> like in, in high school, I was like, fuck that guy. Like he's so good. Like he would just dunk on us and like. <laughs> Make us look silly, like the six seven, like, like I hate this man. Point forward, you know, like. But then he became a Grizz, and then I'm a Grizz, and I'm like, he's the man. He used to dunk on me. <laughs> <laughs> same thing, same exact same thing. I just became the biggest uh. Chavez. Fan. Um, but yeah, he's cups our man. Like so, either way, I'm super excited about the Super Bowl. You know, we we've, we've talked fun. about this uh, with the big sky podcast network hosts but for the most part once you once a big sky player graduates we tend to pull for him yeah like you know um what's his name is it singleton with the eagles Alex, now Alex singleton. Oh, you yeah. know, it's like kind of pull for him i think it's cool that he he you know is one of the leading tacklers on that team came from the cfl where he played with dave or played for dave dickinson yep um you know so it's like for the most part like i don't know that everybody pulled for jared allen but you know, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> his um his schism comment is still hilarious to me. Do you remember that? Mm-mm. Is this Jared Allen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when. 
Brett Favre became a Viking, I think there was talk about whether or not his presence has caused a schism in the locker room. Like okay. anti-Brett Favre people yeah. and yeah. You know, yeah. pro-Brett Favre people. And he was like, you know, like, Jared Allen, has, has this caused a schism in the locker room? He's like, schism? Man, I don't know what schism is, but it sounds like some sort of venereal disease. I don't think there's much schism running around here, but I got to be careful. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, it was so Lord. funny. And he became like a pro bull rider, too. Did yeah. you know this? That doesn't surprise me at yeah. all. I love Jared Allen. It's hilarious. <laughs> all right, back to the questions. Ever, Chris, are the church style, are the church league style uniforms Southern Utah is wearing one final fu to the conference, or do they really think those things are stylish? Uh, they're hideous. They are bad. Yeah. Um, who knows? But there's a lot about Southern Utah that I don't understand. Enjoy the whack. <laughs> Bye. Um, and finally, you really effed up. And to make amends, you've promised your wife, or Goldfish, she could plan the next vacation and go wherever she wanted. Where are you going? Well, I know where I'm going. <laughs> but you didn't let your wife plan it. Yeah, true. Hmm. Where, would where are you taking the Goldfish, go? Luke? Where's da- where are you and Data Point going? <laughs> Man, that's a tough one. Stacy would probably go back to Hawaii... Or possibly um, Europe. Those would be possibilities. We had a great New York trip. She might want to redo that. So it has to be a place that you've already been? No. Just anywhere in the planet? Yeah. Yeah. Man, I would probably... I don't know. You know, I've always wanted to go to Fort Peck Lake. Like, that'd be kind of fun. Fort Peck Lake. The reservoir over there? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> My father-in-law fished there last spring. You know, like the Missouri River breaks? I'm, I'm used to Montana, but I never I've never went there. It's on my bucket list. All right. Okay. All right. I got a camper. We can just pull it along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just during right. the day. That'll be good. Yeah. That'll be good. Yeah. All right. Um, Alabama Grizzly, how do you think the Chinese are getting away with fixing the Olympics? <laughs> so... Interesting question. I have no clue. Yeah. They may or may not be. But isn't it interesting how the host country always seems to do better than um, their median like performance? Yes. It, um, it's, maybe it's, like a home field advantage. Interesting. Yeah. And you know the the last time that this was really noticeable was when Russia hosted the Olympics, and it turned out they were cheating to no end, which. James asked me the other day. I mean, ROC, right? Who is the Russia Olympic Committee? And I said, well, Russia cheated. And he's like, then why are they here? And I said, I don't know. I, the Olympics are weird. Because really. <sighs> if we excluded them, they would have nothing else to do but invade Ukraine. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Lord. That, I don't know. <laughs> They're preoccupied in, in, in know, the Olympics. So. If ever in my life somebody starts going back through my podcasts to find bad things, it's all going to be things Luke said, and they're going to be like, but you didn't call him out. You call me out. Yeah, you can <laughs> pour it on me, Mike. Call, uh, take this opportunity. Podcast veterans for truth. <laughs> um, February 8th, Did, did you guys ever watch that, that documentary about like how Russia was changing like the the 
samples, like the urine mm-hmm. samples. And I stuff. did watch that. I did yeah. yeah, yeah, it was fascinating. Super, um, fa- yeah. I will say it's interesting that the woman who just won gold yesterday, I think, snowboarding for China. Okay, is from San Francisco, born in San Francisco. Oh, oh, yeah. Mother is Chinese, and so she um, made the decision three years ago, I think, that she would compete for um, China, um, presumably to set an example for, um, you know, Chinese girls. I think that she's talked about that a little bit. And, yeah. I mean, that, that's probably a noble cause, but that whole thought process fascinates me. You know, like somebody who competes for a different country, but you hear of it happening. You hear of United States citizens who compete for other countries yeah. because that's where their family lineage. Like she isn't the first one; she's just the most recent one, and she just won the gold medal. Yeah, um, but that always fascinates me. It happens in basketball too. Like mm-hmm. uh, yes, yes, it happens yes. in basketball. You know, and quite it's a bit. like notice. Like was it Anderson Verjao or something played for like Brazil or where's he? Wherever he's from. Well, Chino Gunake are however you say her last name, this Stanford alum, yeah, um, didn't make Team USA, and so then they tried to like do a waiver for her to play for another team, but it didn't work out because mm-hmm. the Olympic Committee has to approve it. There was a year where I thought Canada was going to have like a pretty good basketball team because they could have had like um, Andrew Wiggins, and then there Steve was, Nash still playing that. I think Nash yeah. was like in his final years, and then there was a pair of twins that were both like seven foot. That wasn't no, no, no. No, I can't think of them. Yeah. But they were like, you know, obviously not NBA material necessarily, like the fringe NBA material, but they would have created matchup problems, some people thought. I think they played for New Mexico or something. Oh, okay. I was thinking of the two twins that played for um, Stanford, but I can't think of their names Mm -hmm. now. One of them was at Milwaukee. Both of them were at Milwaukee for a little while. Yeah, and then there was some other NBA player who was randomly from Canada, but it was like, oh, my gosh, like you're going to (laughs) have – Think be good. <laughs> former MVP, like a pretty good swing man, like some seven footers, like maybe bigs. Canada will be good, but not so much. Not so much. I I have a hard damn time with Olympics when you can't watch it unfold live mm-hmm. like this, where it's like it's occurring while we're sleeping. So this has been working out for me because live starts at like eight o'clock. Yeah. So like I will watch a lot of it before I go to bed. Before you go to bed and then and stay up. James yeah. and I've been watching a little bit, but. Um, I, I think that's a real problem because it makes it, it hard it yeah. for them to then show it in prime time the next night because it's yeah. 20, 20 hours old. Right. So it's like you can just like wake up in the morning and pull it up and be like, "Yep, yep, yep." That so it's kind of a highlight for NBC. Like the viewership is way down. But I mean, it happens every time you have. I mean, it happened in, when the Olympics were in Russia or when they're just when they're anywhere not kind of within our our time zone, which it happens, you know. But yeah. If anybody has good reading on how they choose Olympic locations, uh, send it my way. I'd money, love to do it. Bags of bags cash. Of cash. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, because you think of some of the places that have hosted Olympics who are truly terrible countries, terrible Qatar. world citizens. Isn't Qatar getting the next no, one? Uh, that, that's World Cup soccer. That's World oh, Cup. okay. But, but, um, but still. But that World Cup soccer is a Where whole like, other It's going to be like 120 process. degrees out when they <laughs> play. Like Russia, terrible. China, awful human rights. Yeah. You know, it's like the, the 
Wait, you're getting on me for Ukraine and you're going <laughs> to... The United States is, and many other countries aren't sending diplomats to the games to boycott this. I don't know if this is a controversial statement. But I'm just saying it's like fascinating. But part of the problem, I think, is it's such a money suck to build the Olympic infrastructure yeah. that a lot of these other countries don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, there have been a few U.S. attempts in the last few years that have fallen flat. So, So, uh, let's see. Upcoming Olympics. Paris for summer, 24. Oh, that should be good. Milan, outside of Austria, right? Winter. Los Angeles, 28. Summer games. 2030 is TBD. And then Brisbane has summer of 32. 2030 is going to be Bozeman. Briz Vegas. Oh, you, you remember God. that push a couple years yeah. ago? Yeah. Big Sky. Hello, Big Sky. Yeah. God. Oh, God. I mean, but like LA, like they've hosted multiple Olympics, right? Like for yeah. Summer Olympics, they don't, they got to update some stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, but that makes <laughs> yeah. sense. And then it's like, yeah. you know, you could build housing and then turn it into other housing. Like you could figure that out. Yeah. Anyway, fascinating. We could go on and on about the Olympics, but I don't think anybody said anything too offensive. <laughs> Mike. All right. Uh, Corlane Grizz. Gentlemen, it's been an honor and a privilege. God. All right. So your choices are the Grizz demoralize the Bobcats and win the national championship next season, but you have to eat a full rack of baby back ribs in Bozeman every Wednesday for a year. It can be any time of day, but you have to actually eat them in at the Bozeman restaurant of your choosing every Wednesday. You can't just order them. You have to down them on site. Solo trips only and no hotels. You just drive there, eat your ribs, and drive home in the same day 52 times. Oh. Or the Grizz lose to the Cats and miss the playoffs for the next three years. Bonus points if Luke gets hot wings as a side. <laughs> what do you guys think? I mean, the ribs. I'm, I'm doing the ribs. Like that's, I don't, that's not a tough one to me, you know? I, I, first of all, I could listen to the Grizz Fan Pod every Wednesday, so we can do some quality control <laughs> editing. Um, we could do we could do the pod on the way there. Probably don't want to do it on the way back. Might be. Well, he said sleepy. solo trips, but solo, we just needed to find uh, that. Yeah, like, yeah. we're collectively the Grizz Fan Pod, so that's a solo trip. Man, you know, and then I've always thought that in another life I'd be a good long haul trucker. Um, just I, I enjoy music and podcasts. Uh, I'm not I'm not uncomfortable alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I could do this, and I would take the bonus points. All right, for sure. Okay, yeah, All I'm right. down for it. All right. Uh, gosh, though, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of windshield time. <laughs> I do get nervous. Uh, maybe I'd have to get like a like a Tesla or something, right? Oh, there's an... like the price of gas. Are you kidding me? Could yeah, you find sponsors for your trip? Ooh, that's not a bad idea. Doesn't say you can't explain it. All right. Grizz fans says, in a hypothetical world in which Pusueto celebrities like yourselves mm-hmm. are invited to participate in the Winter Olympics, which combination of GFP hosts give us give the U.S. the best chance for gold in the two-man luge? <laughs> Wait, which one's the luge? It's like the... That's the like the little flat sled, right? Not yeah, like the bobsled. It's the flat sled. Like you like lay on top of each other, kind of, fire down the hill. Guys, I mean, it's default. It's you two. I mean, I'm the heaviest of the three. They're, they're, <laughs> but that might be an advantage, Mike. Oh, and I don't know that you're the heavy. I mean, I think I got you. But, <laughs> there's um, a chance. Yeah. 
But uh, I'm not much of an extreme sports kind of guy, and that seems like an extreme sport. It does seem like I like my feet firmly on terra firma. Like uh, that that makes me nervous. So here's the deal: we have some um, home field apparel um, with the cool uh, retro grizz stuff. If one of you creative people can can photoshop us onto a great luge video and share it with us we will give you some home field apparel no guarantees that the shirt will fit the event is all three of us could do the bobsled with james as the fourth right the four of us could bobsled (laughs) boy i'm looking at the luge and hey i don't understand how this sport ever like who thought of this like (laughs) <laughs> Here, you lay down on your back, and then I'm gonna lay my back on your chest. And how do you spell luge? L U G E. Oh, weird. All right. They got cool. Oh, that. Like the, the first image that comes up is a catastrophe. Oh, but I was gonna say, Jesus. like, to, to, like the, the, the honest to God truth is, there is no way that I could do this. I am, I am not courageous enough to fucking get on a sled. Well, like, hey guys, guys. <laughs> While there's still snow on the ground, we need to go practice. <laughs> we need to go to a hill with a sled. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, but the right answer for Olympic sport is like the curling, right? That'd I was going to say, curling. the Grisman yeah. Pod curling team, great. Is there curling in Missoula? Is there a curling club? Yeah, there's club? a curling club. Yeah, there is. Did you know that I was told that a full set of curling irons, I think they're called irons, cost $8,000? For like the highest quality, but you think about it, there's like twelve stones and yeah, but what? Luke's looking it up. Curling clubs, holy crap! Eight thousand bucks. Could be a supply chain thing right now too. Right, I mean, yeah, it's hard to get dumbbells and like I, I thought it would just be like a polished kettlebell, you know, (laughs) like that's what it looks like. In my neighborhood, there was, like, one <clears throat> winter where, like, the pond had frozen over in the park, and someone, like, took a bunch of bowling balls and, like, cut them in half, and those were, like, the, huh. the, 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 the you know. Yep. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Gristol I Die pointed out that it's president of UM, Seth Bodner. It says we've made it big time now. Yes. Very All big right. time. Um. What do we think of the incoming recruiting class? class? Who are your favorite recruits on offense and defense just by watching the film? Who do you think will contribute the most? What positions do we need to fill in summer transfers? I think we've hit all of this. Feel like it, yep. Um, but Grizzvan, nineteen eighty four, great question. Um, CDA Grizz loved the luge question. <laughs> In fact, uh, might be the best GFC, GFP question ever asked. Um, he also <laughs> put a link to the sports hub and found the picture that I found oh of the God. two dudes in the Olympics on top of each other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, that picture of their faces, though. <laughs> You're right, Mike. Brand new curling stones cost between five hundred and nine hundred dollars each. Yeah. Each. Wow. Um. Here's Michael says he'd go with James and Pod Dog. Get an Airbud situation going. Oh, they. The rules don't say a dog can't participate. <laughs> I would tell you, Pod Dog Junior is up for anything. So. Pod Dog Senior might just kind of lay there with an eye wide open and be like, you idiots, all of you. 
All right. Um, there's Brent confessing his whiskey issues. Yes. And oh, that appears to be it for egress. Anything on Twitter? All right. Uh, we got a couple things. If anyone has any inside uh, information, from uh, Jeff Anderson is asking as to why Kyle Owens has had reduced playing time at basketball. So that's no really interesting because Josh Vasquez is also like oh. – those two guys went from starting two years ago to like some games they don't play. Yeah. And I, I think part of it is that that, you know, Travis is always trying to find his perfect rotation. But I also think I mean for Inves, in Vasquez's case, they just he got better guards. Kyle Owens is kind of an in between guy where yeah. Yeah. like I don't have a good answer except to say that maybe Travis just doesn't think they're quite good enough to play as many minutes as they were playing earlier in their career. Could be. I don't know. At the point they were filling a need where now that spot in the roster is pretty full. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know if like, you know, Occam's razor style situation, like the, he's not playing as much cause it's not the lineup that seems to be most optimal and yeah. optimal in Travis's opinion. I don't know. Kyle Owens is good though. Like, don't well, this team has a lot of uh depth, yeah. Yes. I think I think Owens is a senior too, isn't he? He's one of the few seniors transfer from Idaho. I think Owens and one other kid, yeah. No, Parker, Owens, Owens and um Vasquez and Carter Hollinger were all freshmen the same year, okay. So he'd be a junior, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, do these pants make me look snagged? Has no question, but just wants to see if we can get Grace Fan 24 on the pod this coming fall. We talked to him about that before. Yeah. Just need to make sure he gets to town. I met Grace Fan 24's niece this weekend, so <laughs> it's, just, it's random how this world works out. Did she introduce herself? No. Way? I'm Grace Fan 24's they niece. They have a, a unique last name, and when I, um, she's, she's dating the older brother of one of James's buddies, and... I put it together quickly. Okay, okay. I'm a smart guy. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so got him elected. So, um, yeah. Apparently that her father texted Josh and said, so who's this Mike Nugent guy? And <laughs> the real question is, what did Grizzfan24 say back to him? Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> uh, Corey Bleak is asking, why is O-line consistently the biggest question mark heading into each season? And with all the departing O-linemen, uh, why have – why have we only recruited two this offseason? So we had one transfer and one freshman. I said one, but it's I mean, two. Th- like, I don't think there's any sugarcoating, and I don't think it's us speaking out of turn to say this is an area of concern. Yeah. And it's something that they just haven't gotten right in Coach Houck's second tenure. And I don't know why that is, but this team has so much potential in every other area that they got to figure it out. Yeah. Like, I don't have an answer, but it's like – you know, we talk a little bit about like Montana as the state in general not producing as many big boys, but several of the big boys went to Montana State this year. They did. You know, yeah. and it's like maybe they won't turn into anything, maybe they will, but it's like what are we are we not casting a broad enough net on our lineman recruits? It's just, like it's just odd. It is weird. Yeah, so and uh it was announced on signing day that Skylar Martin, Trevor Wellnell, and Noah Ambule have all left the team, so we had three O linemen leave. One transfer, one true freshman coming in. And then we'd had a couple others leave during the season. And then a bunch, of course, graduate as well, too, or, or, you know, expire or use up all their eligibility. So, yeah, it's tough. I don't know. Um, I don't know the answer. 
Yeah, I don't have a good answer either. Are we trying to use a formula that worked 20, 15 to 20 years ago that doesn't work anymore? I just, I don't know. All right. Uh, let's see. Colorado Grizz fan. What areas do you think are the biggest question marks heading into 2022? O-line. He says, for me, it's O-line. O-line. Interior D-line and QB. Mm-hmm. What would be your take? Also, can we ask Mike City Zoning questions? <laughs> so, I think that staff of any local government would tell you that elected officials know nothing about the specifics of policy, so be careful what you ask me. What would your zoning podcast be called? <laughs> It can't be cheesy, like, in the zone with Mike. Flooding the zone. I was going to say density bonus with Mike Nugent. <laughs> 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 what is so funny, guys? <laughs> I was thinking you're going to get a weird... Just, I'm just thinking of, like... <laughs> you think that might attract different people? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how many, we're, we're two hours into this, right? Yeah, yeah. we're at two hours. Right, no, we're, we're, at that point. we're good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I don't remember any of the rest of the question. I mean, uh, let's QB, see. Let's start with that. Biggest I question. QB O-line. is just like he, he's got to prove it, but I guess I don't. Like, I feel like they found a good stopgap while they – hopefully are developing Brit into being the next starter. And I think that's the big question. It's like, if we hit another situation where QB2 needs to step up and play one, two, three, four plus games, is you know, can Britt be that guy? Can Patterson make that next step? Where's Brown in the mix? How does that look? Like, because I think one thing that I think I would guess if you could ask coaches, like if you go back and change something about this season, it would probably be like we probably wish we had a more experienced or cool under fire backup quarterback at the time because we didn't. So yeah, um, yeah. Other things, just question marks. I, I'm not as worried about interior D line. I'm not. I Governor and Alfred, and then. Um, Who's the young Todd's guy? They played there, a lot. Um, and yeah, D. Todd, and then um, that God, that young kid, the Montana kid that played a bit. Um, you know, obviously someone's got to step up and replace Chase in the linebacking core. But I mean, I feel like Hill and others can do that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, Silvertip Nation is asking: Would you rather fight one shack-sized pug or thirteen pug-sized? Shacks. 13 pug size shacks. No weapons allowed, just bare hands. A, a none of the shack size pug would be vicious. None of the shacks like, are clothed. Uh, it's it's like daddy also, long legs are really poisonous, but they don't have big enough, you know, yeah. whatever. That that pug <laughs> in shack size is gonna destroy us. It's gonna <laughs> yeah. be a murderer. Does it have he, a pug's he, temperament? He points out it is not quite prime LA shack. But it's not current Shaq. So, like, Miami Heat Shaq, the pug, conversely, is in its prime. Prime pug. <laughs> prime pug. <laughs> I think Mike's got the answer. Yeah, I'd rather so. fight. I'd just rather punt 13 little. Yeah. But I would feel weird punting, like, a little Shaq. 
<laughs> but I mean, who says that the 13 little Shacks are going to be angry? Like Shaq's a pretty uh, yeah, you, amicable guy in you, general. Outside you of, boot you know, one Shaq, the other 12 are going to get but pretty irraxable. You, you, don't, you don't boot the first one. <laughs> okay. You just, you just make those you just, 13 you, Shacks your little Shaq army. Yeah. Oh, you know, a little Shaq army, Shaq yeah. army. All right, uh, Pants Make Me Look Snag did ask, uh, talking about the bubble. Um, uh, Gabe SWH kind of piggybacked on it. Uh, I think we've covered that pretty well. Eric Witz, uh, two questions: How much did the recruiting class really improve from early signing period to the February signing period? And can we get a GFP fantasy football league next year? If so, he's in. Um, Josh Sampson then replied, said, it must be a live draft ceremony. So. Oh my Ooh. God. That could be fun. We'd have to figure out the details. Oh, my gosh. But really, somebody else should figure out the details and just let us be part of it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I nominate. I don't know if you guys know Echo Ryan. Do you guys know Echo? Mm-mm. She was a, she's our age. Oh. Missoula Hellgate. I don't know what her maiden name is. She's okay. going to Paul Ryan. Oh. But she's the fantasy football commissioner in a... a a different league I'm in, the best fantasy football commissioner I've ever had in any sport ever. Wait a second. So you're saying that Dylan, the commissioner oh, of no. our joint league, is not the best commissioner? Oh, no. I'm shocked, Luke. I'm shocked. Can you believe that? Not, in his shady, yeah. his shady draft it's just Magically, the, the, his draft picked on. It just always happens. And we always ask for transparency. And every year. This year, can you maybe like broadcast your picking of the draft? Or, or let us know you're going to do it? Yeah, yeah, no, we just get a text some you know, random. random day. It's like, oh, and Greg was there. But, oh, how much did you pay Greg? Echo is an amazing fantasy football commissioner. We should, we should utilize her, is all I'm saying. Perfect. Um, what recruit will have the biggest impact on the Grizz this year, and which recruit will have the biggest impact on the Grizz by the time they well, leave Missoula? Johnson on offense and yeah. um, the quarterback, cornerback from Idaho State on defense. I mean, th- those two have p- potentially be on the all-conference team. Right, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's hard to say like with any of the younger guys. I mean, the, the transfers in for the most part seem like they'll be pretty immediate impact in theory mm-hmm. that's why they came mm-hmm. um when yeah. when i look at gilman though like i mean and you know you oh, watch yeah. that highlight reel of his but just his pictures like standing with grizz coaches and like his family's living room he has like a body of like such a powerful athlete already and I'm like this kid's a high schooler I'm like holy shit he looks so developed already that um, I'm hoping that uh, his physicality and his, his apparent like uh, high school abilities transfer yeah because he could be special you know I think uh, of the freshmen we see obviously like Mike had said earlier that kid that's coming into punt <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably see him. That's actually, not falling yeah. in love with another punter. I know. <laughs> Won't get our heart broken oh. again. Oh man, that hurts. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, last question we had: Jordan Hansen, who's QB one, and who is QB two? QB one's Johnson. QB two is KB twelve. All right. I think Spring definitely opens with KB twelve. I think Brett takes it. So you think KB twelve after they benched him? In the most oh, important gosh. game that they'd had with him as the backup. Uh, yeah, right. I do. I think uh, you think he learns from that. I think on? he learns from that. I think he's a smart 
smart kid. I think he's still getting better. Um, I have thought more than once about that part of our final podcast when you yeah, compared yeah. him to Cole Berquist. I've yeah. thought about that little segment, yeah, yeah, that yeah, little yeah. truth bomb, um, quite a bit, Brent. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh my gosh! Oh my god! It's it. He had it, one good idea. It just nestled a sliver of hope in me yeah, about KB12. Yeah. Um, so we, I don't think for on you know put it on wax that we've seen the last of KB12. You know, and I, I mean, it's like a lot of people are like, oh, he's gone, he's gone. Like they're they're gonna say he's off the roster. Why? Yeah. Well, just people's assumption that he's like gonna move on, but. He's still on the team. Still got a chance. Yep. Yeah. That is it for Twitter. I had some people replying to my own account, but it was mostly questions for President Bodner, so <laughs> we'll save those. <laughs> I suppose. We had one more texted to us. Um, all right. Off-season question for the pod. Would you rather have an elite offense or an elite defense oh man i would rather i've i so enjoyed having that defense this last year um the premise of this question says whichever elite side of the ball you picked the opposite side would be in the top half of the league so i mean you're not you're not taking it's not a weber state situation where their offense was just terrible I think on defense, it's which is just so I don't know what it is. It's like it, it scratches a like some sort of like weird dominance itch that maybe I should be afraid of. But it's like you're not doing shit against us, <laughs> you know. Like I'm gonna push you into a corner and you can't leave it because I'm so much more like I have so much more control over the situation than you. Like you're yeah. you're helpless. It's so. That was so fun to get amped up. Um, I don't know. I you're louder, right? When the offense plays, you mm-hmm. you scream at big plays, but it's like, oh no, we got another third down. I don't know. I love it. Brent, what do you think? I mean, it's it's tough. I think that was like a we we kind of had like a text conversation around this. I think a couple weeks ago or something, but. You you have to have some sort of semblance of a competent offense because a, a great defense with an offense that just scores seven or ten points in a game <laughs> is still going to lose games. Like a great defense is probably still going to give up seventeen or twenty to like this last year's Eastern Washington team, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's just like you have to have a point. Now on the flip side, like Eastern Washington is the example. It's like. You can have all these studs on offense, but if you can't make a couple stops, I would rather have something that's tipped more, much more heavily to defense. But you gotta have something on offense. Question, follow up question that wasn't asked of us. All right, imagine your offense was um, dominant like Eastern Washington's versus dominant like NDSU's. Like, well, because NDSU's was so boring, but it was just like. Uh, efficient, efficient and inevitable. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, they're just gonna grind it and run it. They're gonna give it to that fullback, <laughs> like you know, like H back style runner, and he's gonna get six and six and six, and then punch it in from the six. And you're like, oh my god! 
But that seems like boring as a fan, even though it is kind of satisfying. Oh, yeah. Or would you rather have the high-flying, like, Lemu Jones, Cooper Cup-style offense? Well, NDSU showed that their offense is the recipe to winning a lot of national titles. Yeah. So, um... Start with their old lineman. Yeah, if the (laughs) goal... Indeed. If the goal is national titles versus quarterfinal losses... Yeah. Then it's NDSU. But then on the flip side, it's like NDSU can't even sell out their games now, right? Like they don't sell because people have gotten so content. People are just like or complacent. With it. Yeah. So maybe a good problem to have. The yeah. Grizz win like <laughs> eight of ten national titles, and we're like, oh man, there's only twenty thousand people in the stadium. This is crap. I don't know, but yeah. Interesting. Interesting conversation. It is. Yeah. It is. Anything else, guys? It was nice to be back together. This is fun. Yeah. You know, um, we're going to have to work out a schedule because like, we, yeah. we've got these people that have said yes and or want to come on. <laughs> we need to get them on. I'm just going to start DMing people. We're not playing hard Friday to get. Nights. We're just unorganized. Yeah. <laughs> we just got to lock them on. I mean, when spring balls come up in March, so I mean, I imagine we'll for sure do a couple around then. We'll get a few in before then. Um, yeah. We'll figure it out. Well... Anything else? All right. Well, I'm good. <laughs> if we know you, we'll see you at some point. We're around. We're around. Find us. If not, we'll talk to you soon. Go Grizz. Fight on.